do do. Eve Edwards, ladies and gentlemen. Hello, sir. Hey. Good to see you, brother. What's going on? Um, everything and nothing, man. Everything and nothing. Yeah. You were telling me you're. This is a crazy time for you. You're you're a vagabond. You're traveling around, man. Yeah. Like a gypsy. I, I I like the term nomad. Nomad's yeah. good. That's yeah. A good vagabond term. makes it sound like I'm poor and I got right, like right, a right. stick with my yeah. clothes tied in a bag. Yeah. Nomad's like a gypsy with money. Yeah. No, but gypsies are. Is that a derogatory term? It didn't used to be. I think it might be now. They can say it. Like King of the Gypsies is uh, Tyson Fury. He's allowed to say it. He's allowed to say it. Might be one of them things. Yeah, we got a word like that. (laughs) A lot of people do. Those words are expanding. There's more of those words than before. Who can, can. See, I'm gonna get in trouble right now. Can, <laughs> can midgets call themselves midgets? I don't know, man. I don't know. That's a good one. That used to be a normal one. You know, if you you know, it's really crazy. If you look at when kids had were born with Down syndrome, the original term was mongoloid idiot. That used to be like they would put that on birth certificates. <laughs> like, or, or like when you say the original term, are any of those people still alive? Like, is that still on somebody who's mm. alive's birth certificate? That's a good question. Do people with Down syndrome live less? They don't live as long, right? I think that's the case. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you don't, you don't see a lot of older people yeah, with, with Down, Down syndrome. syndrome. I don't know. This, like, we're tightening up the word. I just can't wait till we can read minds. <laughs> so this, all this nonsense just go out the window. I think once we can read minds and then you just see intent and there's no, like, words. Because like, right now it's just words that convey intent. And some of those words are forbidden. But some of those words have, like, bitch, perfect example. Like, you could say, that's a bad bitch. Yeah. Like, this bitch is crazy. Like, yeah. or this bitch is fine. This, this, you know, you could say, this bitch is hot. This bitch is cool. That bitch is so cool. Or you could say, oh, my God, this girl's a bitch. You know? Yeah, the connotation's completely different. There's so many of them. There's yeah. so many different ones. Words, man. Words is a hard thing. I remember one time Mickey Joe. Mickey Joe Schilling, Mickey Gall, Joe Schilling, and I were talking about about words and and perceptions and like like your shirt, your shirt is green, right? But if I were to be in your consciousness, well, I see your shirt and what I see it is as red, but I right. I know it is green. Yeah, you know what I mean. Do we oh, see sure. the same colors as the same thing? No, we don't. You have no way of knowing, right? Right. I have no way of knowing what. Like some people are into weird shit, like yellow cars. Right? <laughs> That's not weird, though. That's weird. <laughs> Follow the colors to paint a car. Like, why the fuck do you want a yellow car? <laughs> like a, a nice car. Like, you see, like, a yellow Corvette. Like, what the fuck are you doing to that Corvette? I swear you were going to say something different. I swear. I was like, <laughs> he's like, people are some people in the weird shit. I thought you were going to say, like, scat or something. But oh, like, well, they're, they're definitely into that. <laughs> yellow cars. That's not so bad. Yeah, but, I mean, I don't know what they're seeing. Like, to me, a yellow car is like, ah, oh, it's unfortunate. <laughs> You know, like, why would you do that color? Did, like, maybe it was on sale because it's a shitty color. I think that. <laughs> so know? yellow car should cost less. less. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Unless you just, you have trying to make a point. Like, you, your car is like a bumblebee or something. You know, like, you got black stripes and yellow. and. See, that would be cool. Yeah. On, on a bug, on a Mustang. I don't know what else. I think those are the only two cars that really should be yellow. A Mustang? Ugh. Like if you're going to paint it like with um, some flames on it. I don't even like Mustangs. <laughs> you don't like Mustangs? I'm not, I'm not a big muscle car guy. I do oh, like sports cars. I'm geez. not crazy about muscle cars. Somebody needs to indoctrinate you into the world of muscle cars. I, I bet you just haven't seen the right ones. You know, I think I think that comes from where I grew up because like, you need a lot of open road 
mm-hmm. for that. We don't have that in the Bahamas, like especially not right. where I'm from. Like, right. like I, I'm not a big fan of um of like choppers. I'm not. A, I'm, I don't yeah, like those. Them. Seem silly to me. They I, seem I like, like you can't turn. Yeah. I like crotch rockets and, and dirt bikes. This shit drives me crazy. <laughs> the, the ape handles, when you're holding, if you don't know, where, um, for people just listening, yeah. they have handlebars that are above your fucking head. Yeah, you're so hanging. You're, you're driving around like this. Yeah. And you, if you have to turn quick, you're fucked. <laughs> like, how can you get away from shit? And, and once it goes bad, like you, you're not going to recover. Yeah, I would think they would have like a secondary handlebar yeah. just so that yeah, you yeah. don't have to ride like that. So you get tired, have some shit right over the gas it tank. It folds out. Yeah. Like we can do that. We could patent that and make that and probably make millions of dollars. Somebody's I feel like steal that crotch idea. rockets seem safer because they're more maneuverable. Yeah. Like you can handle those motherfuckers. Like yeah. those things move good. Yeah, especially, I mean, that's what they're designed for, right? Yeah. If you control it at high speed. I saw this video of a, of a motocross uh, I don't know what you call when crotch rockets are racing, but um, these guys were racing, and this dude was like, he was losing it, and he got thrown off. I saw that. But he was on his he knees. He got sideways. Yes. Yeah. He hung on there. Man. And he looks like he was still giving it the gas. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know I don't know what the rules are on, like, cutting the track. Right. But, but like, if, 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 that, if he wasn't disqualified, that was a ninja move. How do you get back on, though? You'd but, have to slow down. You have to, right? Yeah, you gotta do a ninja move. You gotta hit the brake real hard, so you slam, and then you, your body shoots into air, <laughs> land back yeah, on the like bike. Hit the brake and pop your hips up yeah. at the same time. Like something know, you see on the Fast and Furious. I'm scared of bikes. I don't know how to ride. You don't I mean, know I can ride all? a bicycle, but I can't ride a motorcycle. They're I can't getting, ride. A, I've never ridden a crotch rocket. I've only ridden scooters. You it's know, they're good. making them electric now. You won't even. There's no gears. It's just like a Tesla. But. I don't, I don't like. I don't know. The whole thing about riding a bike is being able to control it, isn't it? Well, you can still control the speed, but you're not going to be able to shift gears. You don't have to do the shit with your left foot where you're going with the clutch and up and down and all that jazz. You have to learn how to do that. You don't have to do that with one of those things. It's just, okay. just yeah, they're gonna be fucking ridiculously fast too. I feel like I would be like the guy on, and you know, and like when you go to Dave and Buster's or something on the, on the motorcycle video yeah. game. You know? Yeah, in the in Europe, they're making cars like electric cars have noise. You have to have noise like a regular car, so that people can hear you. That's dumb. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, you're not riding on the sidewalk, right? Yeah. Well, I, yeah. I mean, I guess it's if people are crossing streets and shit. Um, maybe also I don't know what the what the rules in Europe are for riding motorcycles, but um, I don't know. Do you hear guys when they're riding on on in between lanes? You know what I mean? I don't hear them all the time. There's a lot of times where you don't, you have to look, in LA, that's such, when I grew up in Boston, and you couldn't do that. That's not legal. Everybody has to stay in a lane. Really? Yeah. In Texas, it's legal. Oh, is cut splitting lanes? Yes. I I wonder how often it's legal versus illegal. Well, there's a lot of states that don't even, you don't have to wear helmets. Yeah, Texas was one of them. I don't know if that's changed. I know Louisiana is one. That's crazy. When I was in, last time I was in Miami, I was watching dudes fly by me on the highway with no helmet yeah. on. I don't know though. I mean, do you do you want a helmet on? You hit something at ninety miles an hour. <laughs> I don't know. Um, I mean, yes and no. It's like I think sometimes people make it. You know. Yeah. But like, what what about you? Get all that pain. Was this then Jamie? You die. California remains the only state to allow lane splitting. Oh, wow. wow. So I guess it's no longer. Yeah, I think you can just do it whenever you want. It's on the motorcyclist to be risk at your, you, know, you take your own risk. Oh, so Cal- in California it's legal. Yeah. But in all the other places, it's just, you just kind of do it's it. Prob- probably. Yeah. I mean, hmm. Yeah. 
it's weird. So it's immediately crossing the state line. Yeah. Unless nobody crosses it the state Texas, line. Texas, Oregon, and Nevada here too. I don't know. Maybe it's partially legal there or something. Certain cities. Areas, yeah. Freeway maybe only or something. Like um, traffic laws, it's weird. Traffic laws being different, like so different in in every state. Mm-hmm. I was um in Texas a couple of days ago, and I'm driving, and I'm getting over because the cops pull somebody over um on the highway, and passenger, she's like, "Why are you getting over? Like, you don't have to do that." But in Texas, you're supposed to. If you if you yeah. can get over, you're supposed to get over and give them that lane berth. Otherwise, you slow down to like ten miles below the speed limit. Whatever, um, but like in D.C., Maryland, where she's from, it's like you don't have to do that. <laughs> like, but it's like if I'm from if I'm from Maryland, I'm in Texas, and I do that, and then another cop's behind me, I'm getting a ticket because right. if you don't know the law, it's not the it's still not their fault, right? Right. It's your fault for not knowing. Not Did you knowing. see the the Hong Kong protests that are going on? No, this crazy protest going on in Hong Kong. But what's uh, amazing is there was an ambulance. And the ambulance was trying to, I mean, there's giant crowds on the street. I mean, fucking thousands, if not a million people, right? They part like the sea for this, for this ambulance. It's crazy. Like if that shit was happening in America, (laughs) good (laughs) luck. You could blow that horn all you want. What is this, Jamie? You're going to have to run. That's that's it. This it? Yeah. Mm. Why why does it say North Point, not like Chinese characters on the street? Yeah. You sure this is the one? Hong Kong protesters balk oil, make way for ambulance. I saw an overhead shot of it. It was more impressive because it was uh, this giant sea of people, and they all just made way, and everybody got right the fuck out of the way for ambulances. It's like when a predatory fish swims through like a Mm -hmm. small school. Oh, here it is. This this is what I saw, yeah. So these people just open up. Good luck trying that shit in America. I mean, these people are so polite. (laughs) Millions of protesters there, like Two to three million or something. Yeah, what are they, do you know what they're protesting I over? I can't, exactly. there's so much outrage worldwide, I can't keep track. Man, yeah, there's stuff going on everywhere. You see that? There's, there's stuff in Sudan right now. Everywhere. You know? Every part of the world is up in arms. Gaza. There's a bunch of shit going on That's there right now. That's been going on forever. You know, there's new, more recent shit. It's exhausting. <sighs> yeah. I, like, why can't people just not be assholes, right? It's impossible. That's what we need, this mind-reading software. The problem with that is, like, then you're just reading the mind of assholes. Maybe. Maybe, but maybe people can let you know. Like, hey, man, you don't have to think like that. Your problem is the way you're thinking. Because that's 90% of the problem with people is the way they think, and then they act on the way they think. I don't know if it's 90%. I didn't really, I'm not a mathematician. (laughs) Just threw that number out there. The thing that popped up yesterday I showed you is sort of on the way to what you're talking about. How your friends can play a video game together using only your minds. Oh, okay. This is what you were talking about after the show. Telepathic yeah. communication. Yeah, this is this is the future. A hundred percent. There's going to be a time where we share some sort of I, I think it's gonna be some sort of a universal language. They're gonna create a language that's based like on images or or things that are culturally like you could it could cross boundaries like people from other countries are going to be able to understand it you'll be able to understand it it has like google translate in it yes i really think that i think there's going to be a language i mean like do you ever see someone's tweet i read uh tweets from people all the time from uh, different countries it's kind of cool that you could like read some russian see some russian shit and then just say translate the tweet and you get a chance yep. to try to figure out what this guy's saying 
Yeah. Um, I've seen that a couple of times. And then especially with um, some of my teammates, friends, Brazilian guys, mm-hmm. and um, they will have it in Portuguese, but they will also translate, have it in English. Yeah, themselves. a lot of Brazilian guys do that. It's but then smart. when you translate it, it like it moves words that are already in the English translation. It makes it like screwed up. It makes it like the grammar is all messed up. Yeah. It's really weird. I don't know why why it even touches the English if you're bringing it to that language. Yeah, that's the problem with languages, right? Like, the way they say things is different. So trying to translate something into English, you have to take some sort of editorial license. You would have to move things around. What you're trying to say is this. You can't just translate it. Yeah. Yeah, especially because of, like, where we place, like, prepositions. and Mm -hmm. Like, there's some, like, um... There are some languages where they don't have the word off. Like don't you don't they don't say turn off the light. It's like when they when they speak in English, they say kill the light. <laughs> <laughs> you know. Well, that's the way. I mean, you could still get it. You still, but yeah, if they don't have an off word, like I would imagine that Asians lang, Asian language is going to be the hardest, right? Because they have characters. They don't even have letters. You know. Yeah, their their alphabet so much so much bigger, and their characters can mean so many different things. This little piece of a character combined with this changes everything. It changes yeah. each one individually. Yeah, like it's like this one is water, and this one is fire, and you put them together, and it's chocolate. When you were fighting, what was the place? That, what you? How many t- different times did you travel overseas to fight? Seven, six or seven, something like that. Was there any? What was the weirdest place? Weirdest, most different was Japan. Yeah. But um I wouldn't say it was weird. Just different. Just different. Yeah. Very different. It was like being in the future sometimes. <laughs> right? Yeah, right? Yeah. Like Tokyo. Yeah. Like I, I I don't know. It was a lot of fun. The different things they do. The the weirdest thing about being over there was that, that pachinko game. Like What's you, a pachinko game? It's like these people they play they it's like a gambling game and um they have these buckets of like ball bearings and they put them in the game. And I don't, I don't even know what the rules are, but you see like older and, and middle-aged Japanese people, they just sit there for hours just playing and you win and it's like, um, like winning a slot. It's like a slot machine kind of, right? So when you win, like you get a bunch of these, these balls back. I swear to you, if you, like, I don't know if Jamie pulled up like something, but it's, I think it's P.A. Chenko. Oh, sorry. Here's a guy who's Japan's biggest gaming obsession explained, Pachenko. They're like putting ball bearings in there and they just go. They're all wearing, there's so many people wearing masks. (laughs) (laughs) That's the other weird thing about Asia, right? A lot of people like to wear those masks. So, so that's the game? That thing that they're, this, this weird, how's it work? Did you play it? No. I mean, I don't know. I don't know what you're trying to do. Like everything's in Japanese. That, that's the currency for the game. What? Those ball bearings. I, I really don't understand. Can't believe I'm just finding out about this. And you will see, you will see somebody sitting there, and they will have buckets like, like this big, like square rectangular buckets, and they'll have like two or three stacks of them next to them, they, and they just reach down, <laughs> drop them in the machine, and that's how they play. I, I don't know what they're doing though. I don't understand <laughs> it at all. I want to play it, but then I'm like, it looks stupid. I don't want to win ball bearings. What am I going to do? Put it in my car? Yeah, what the fuck? Look at that. It's so strange. A bucket. This guy's just taking fists of ball bearings and throwing them into this machine, and then they're bouncing around like a like a pinball machine turned up on its side. Yeah, I, I, I don't I don't understand it at all. I don't know like what's the value on those ball bearings? <laughs> Dude, I, I don't look, every time I go to Vegas, every time I go through a casino, I freak out. I just I just see those people, I feel like they're wasting their life. 
playing those goddamn slot, slot machines. machines. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, but the first time I went, to, the first time I fought in Vegas, I um I played a slot machine. Um, that was the only time I ever. I, this was the first time I gambled. Like in the Bahamas when I was growing up. Also, Bahamians couldn't even gamble in the Bahamas. But then I came here and I was in Vegas and I was like, I want to play slots, but I, I was like against gambling, so I played the nickel slots for a while. <laughs> <laughs> I won twenty bucks on nickel slots. I remember shaking my 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 winnings in people's faces. Like I that's won. hilarious. You got to go to like Circus Circus or someplace to play the nickel slots. Yeah. You ever go to that place? I bet. Yeah, I've stayed at Circus Circus. Before. That's a window into history. <laughs> I go to Circus Circus every time I go to Vegas with my kids because uh, my youngest daughter likes going there. She likes playing all those stupid carnival games. She thinks it's hilarious. <laughs> She's nine, you know? Yep. So she likes shooting water at the thing and the balloon yep. pops and all that stuff. So we always go there. But it's always – and then they do like a circus show Well, they have like a clown and trapeze artists. But it's like – no disrespect, but it's kind of second rate. You know, like the, the trapeze guy's got a gut. Yeah, well, I mean, when, especially when you come here. <laughs> you know, he's a little thick around the middle. He's, his, his best days are flipping around through the air over. <laughs> he's got, yeah, the big gut, the long arms. Yeah. <laughs> Stretched <laughs> you know down arms. About. Yeah. Yeah, that's, I don't know. It's especially um, when you compare, when you say second rate, especially when you compare it to like Blue Man Group or right. what's going on at like Mandalay or MGM or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. I mean, a it's you're you're still on the strip. You're not on Fremont. Mm -hmm. Like Fremont is like Fremont is like like second rate Vegas. Yeah, right. Yeah, it's very different. Very I, weird. I um I remember and like I know I'm gonna probably catch some flack for this, but I got to tell you this story. <laughs> like I'm, I'm a, I was there one time and I'm telling my friends about like I'm like this is weird because like I've never really been to Fremont until this time in Vegas and um, I was like man why aren't we on the strip? This is just so weird being out here. I was there for some fights. And I was like everything is just a little different. I mean like everything's really like everything's really different. I mean look like even the women like look at that girl. She's like she's so like her body. She has a great body, right? She's like so fine. Then she turned around. She's like. Her face is just like ruined, you know. Like it's not my fault. I mean, she wasn't attractive to me, and she, I'm sure she's attractive to somebody. Isn't it funny but that you have? A, it's hard to say that these days. You used to be able to say someone's ugly. You can still <laughs> say a dude's ugly. Nobody gives you a hard time. You can still say a dude's fat or a dude's ugly. Everybody's like, fine, no People problem. Call me fat all the time. Man. No, no one has a problem with that. Yeah, fat and ugly for a guy is fine. But if you say a girl's fat, you're body shaming. If you, you say she's ugly, you're a fucking sexist piece of shit, and you're objectifying her. Yeah, I, I, it's it's really hard. I mean, like there was this there was this lady who's a who's a singer. Um, her name is Lizzo, right? Um, big lady, uh, a bigger lady, um, plus size woman. Right, right, and um, she that woman that was on the BET Awards. Yes, like, she's fucking talented. Yes, woo, right, and like, see, here's the thing, like, yeah, she's she's a plus size woman. Um, some people think she's, that's overweight, but I'm like, she's not obese, so it's like, I mean, she's she's like gross, grotesquely obese. I guess that's what how you say, right? Not grossly obese. She could lose a few pounds. She could if she wanted to. If she but like, there's there are there like. There's there's definitely some there's definitely plenty of guys in the world who yeah. who that suits you know yeah. um, there are some guys my size who that suits there are some guys who are like linebacker or lineman size who that suits but like yeah. then there are there are, like nobody nobody complains about the petite woman but like what what about like the big linebacker guy who's into petite women like yeah like, well you know that dude the mountain from Game of Thrones yes. his girlfriend or his wife or whatever she is she's like three feet tall <laughs> it's, it's hilarious mm -hmm. and he's a fucking giant yeah. Yeah, like you see that sometimes. I think the guy that played Chewbacca, 
Oh, like yeah? the original Chewbacca, I think his wife was was a tiny woman. Like mm. not like a midget or anything, but uh, <laughs> I'm in trouble now. <laughs> yeah, there's uh that's the mountain. Oh wow. <laughs> that guy actually, you know what? She might be normal size. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's a big so guy. So fucking big. Well, he she's got heels guy. on there at a, at a gala. But uh he's so fucking big. Like that right there. That looks like me with my 9-year-old. Yeah. It does. It does. That's height-wise. That guy's so goddamn big, it's ridiculous. Like, if you cut off his body where mm. her head is, he would still probably be twice her size, twice her weight. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. The big fella. <laughs> yeah, he's always entering. Those strongman competitions are <laughs> the, the most ridiculous thing to watch. You know, whenever I'm, like, bored flipping through the channels and I catch some dude throwing a, a beer barrel over, over a fucking head. pole, you know, it's like, there's always a, a suspended pole and they're yeah. throwing it over the top of, like, a like a high jump pole. It's so ridiculous. Yeah. I mean, but those those type of type of competitions, you talk about, like, like that. there's that and then you have that for the athletic or dynamic mm -hmm. people, like American Ninja Warrior. Yeah. Oh, well, that's that's fucking interesting, man. Yeah. Those Ninja Warrior, Warrior shows are crazy. You, you watch those guys, and you go, that is some serious fucking athleticism to be able to do that. Yeah, that 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 that's a whole sport now. Like mm -hmm. they create gyms based around that, yeah. and people are like, like training for it. Like people are training for the trials. Yeah, you know? no, I, can, I imagine there's probably. You, I, I wonder. I'd like to know, like, who's the best at that weight class wise? I bet it's guys that are like 160 pounds and under. Yeah. Because yeah. you, you could carry yourself easy. Like, we, we did a stunt on Fear Factor once where you had to, uh, they, were suspe they were off a bridge and they um, had to hold, just hold themselves like on a chin up bar over a bridge. And the girls all beat the guys. Wait, they were, they They're were just hanging. Just, just hanging, hanging, not just hanging. Themselves. Nope. Oh, okay. Just hanging. Huh. Just holding on. The girls all beat the guys, the, all three guys fell. Now, it was like, part of me was like, maybe these guys are just bitches. But part of me was like, well, the thing is, like, the guys, they're pretty big dudes. They're all around 200 plus pounds. And, uh, you know, that's a lot of weight in your hands. And the girls are like 120, 110, 105. It's not as much weight. There's, there's a, a genetic thing between men and women where... There's some things that, like, we, all, we we see these in sports and whatnot. There are some sports that are just much more fun to watch when men are playing. There's some sports that are yeah. much more fun when women are playing. There's some sports that are both, right? Right. But um, there's something, I forget the test exactly, but it's something about leaning over and picking up a chair. There's a certain posture that you're in, and men can't do it, but women can. Huh. Like, you can't, and, but it's like a, a, a folding chair, like very, very light chair. Um. I don't know. I don't leaning know over and picking up a yeah, chair. Yeah, so like you're leaning. I think you press your head onto the wall, but arch your back in a certain way, and you you just have to use like your lats basically to pick up the chair. And, you, and men can't do it. Really? Yeah. How weird. Yeah, it's it's like a center of gravity test. I remember doing. Uh, this so when you I was leave younger. your butt. Oh, yeah. you know, my daughter tried to show me this the other day, ch trying to get me to touch my toes. With keep my back flat against the wall, with the back of my legs against the wall, and go down and touch your toes. You just fall forward. Yeah. Stop. See that's that's see I had it all backwards. I'm like hey, you put your butt <laughs> against the wall, not your head. I'm just not used to sticking my butt up against stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Let me see that. Let me see tricks guys can't do. Stand three feet away from a wall. Bend over. Put your head against the wall. Now try to stand up while lifting a chair. Oh no, you had it. Okay, there's a couple sorry. different things. So yeah, it's all based around them. the center of gravity though. Oh, yeah, that's the one I'm gonna try. I feel like I could do that. 
That's 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 what I said. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I don't, I don't think I'm being cocky and saying I could do that. But what if a guy's got like really good core strength? I don't think it has to do just with your core. nothing to do with that. Yeah. Just all about center of gravity. Yeah, because I th- I think not most guys, but like you take a bunch of fit guys, they have a good strong core. They can't do and it. And they can't do it. Hmm. Like you oh, take girls? some average woman. Congratulations on your victory, ladies. <laughs> you got us on one. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I don't, I, I don't want to stay. That's what, one of those sensitive subjects where I'm like, I don't want to say anything smart-assed or anything, any kind of way, because I get myself in trouble. So much trouble to get into today. So many different things people get mad and upset about. It, they did a test with uh, the way that men and women do a one-legged squat, and I guess the way that each of us would go down is completely different when you have, when you break it all the way down to that move. Oh, so like the mechanics? Yeah. Like is that the because gates, of the hips? Muscle structure, everything. Yeah, it, it probably is that. Yeah. But with women, the the it's so different the way the shape of their hips, the like the mechanic, like women kicking. That's that's one. Like for every Valentina Shevchenko that can knock someone out with one kick. Yeah. You would think that a woman, right? Take a hundred and forty pound woman who is carrying a hundred and forty pounds with her legs all the time, going up flights of stairs, running, doing all these different plyometrics and shit. You would think that bitch could be able to kick a fucking hole through you. Yeah. See, there's another use of the word bitch. That's okay. <laughs> that it's out of respect. <laughs> that's not a that's not derogatory. But no, like if you see a girl kick a bag. Like, there's a giant difference between a 140-pound girl kicking a bag yeah. and a 140-pound guy. Big difference. And now, now is it mostly technique or is it, you know, bio? I, I think it's biomechanics. Biological. I think it's technique. I think it's just muscles. There's, they're just built different. There's just different muscles. Like, the hips are like this, right? Women's yep. hips, especially if a woman has wide hips, right? Or their hips go out wide and their legs kind of go in a little bit. Whereas a guy, I wonder if that's responsible for the... What do they call that? The male spread when dudes sit on a sit on a, a subway. And they spread the legs. They man spread. Yeah, 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 they man spread, and people get real mad because they want to sit next to you. Yeah, and your legs are all sp- splayed out. You're being rude. But if a dude has no one next to him, that's how they sit. Yeah, like their legs spread. I don't think women sit like that. I don't I, think. I don't think it goes that way. Uh, I don't like sitting like that. That's like that's like sitting and like I've sat in coach most of my life you know mm-hmm. and like that's that's it's uncomfortable like when you have to sit like that for an extended amount of time yeah it gets really uncomfortable with your legs pinned together yeah yeah it's weird yeah and then there's sometimes but after a while you just you you just feel uncomfortable inside your pants and you gotta you gotta move stuff around yeah. you can't even open your legs to do that but with women i think that's a normal way to sit i think their body naturally with their hips in the shape that they are their legs kind of go towards each other they kind of point towards the knees. It's more normal for them to sit with their legs together, I think. Hmm. Does that make sense? It makes sense. I just I wonder if it has to do with anything, that the equipment down there. Also. Yeah, it probably has to do with not wanting to be a hoe, right? You don't want to <laughs> sit, sit like this with your legs spread. If a dude sits like that, that's a confident man. But if a girl's sitting there with her legs spread, like, look at this bitch. There's another use of the word bitch. This is in a scientific <laughs> article of explaining manspreading. And mm. This is a spinal neurosurgeon's explanation Thank of it. you, spinal neurosurgeon. <laughs> John. The Sutton. overall width of the pelvis is relatively greater in females, and the angle of the femoral neck is more acute. These factors could play a role in making a position of sitting with the knees close together less comfortable for men. Exactly. So all you man-spreading people that are shaming men for sitting in a natural way, how dare you? 
You should be ashamed of yourself. Yeah, I'm I'm offended. Yeah. I can't wait until women have all the power so we can just start shitting on them. <laughs> See, here's Openly. a subtle here's a subtlety subtle thing about that. They they kinda do, right? Have some. You know? <laughs> it's like who's the world champion of your house? Yeah, but that's just happy wife, happy life. That's yeah. how you have to run that shit. Yeah. Anytime you, you it, otherwise it just I've never seen another situation where it works. You, or you have like some some woman who's just afraid. She can't talk and you know, you don't want that either. No. That shit's not healthy. It's not healthy. It's not like how do you enjoy that? I don't know. You, you know have to be I mean? a sick fuck. Yeah. Yeah. I don't have my my house is zero designed by me. There's no decorations of mine. There's, I have one mounted elk head. That's it. The first elk I ever shot with a bow and arrow I have mounted. That's it. Everything else fucking I don't care. It looks good. The first time I came through you gave me some elk meat. I made spaghetti out of it. It was some of the best spaghetti I made ever. Super good for your body, man. Really good. If you could eat that shit all the time. I if would. you lived around here, I'd hook you up all the time. Yeah, I used to. When I get back, I'm gonna, I'm, gonna start, I'm just going to start hitting you up asking you for help me. How long are you in town for? I leave in the morning. Do you have a place to cook tonight? Yeah. I got some food for you. Okay. Okay. I got some elk sausage that's out of this fucking world. All right. Oh, it's good. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm completely down, man. The first time, I was, I was a little hesitant because yeah. I was like, well, this didn't come from the store. So I'm not, <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? But then I took it home. I, I, I made it up, and I was just like, oh, man. They, it, the flavor is so different. Mm-hmm. Like, the flavor is different. The texture is different. Um, I don't know. I, really, I wanted more. It's alive. I mean, in, in terms of, like, when you're eating it, it just feels like it's got energy. It's got power. Yeah, like it, like it tastes like it had a good life. Yeah, man. Like to, the, if you're eating some, <clears throat> some, like a pig that lives in a pen, like oh, sad. It's just sadness. Yeah, you're eating an elk, especially if it didn't know you were there. Like that elk had no idea you were there until that arrow hit its rib cage, and then it's dead in seconds. That that thing lived a noble life. Yeah, you know, and that's the best way it's Free. ever gonna die. You don't. Want, I mean, if you're an elk, you don't want to get caught in a valley with some wolves. That, that shit's rough. That's a rough way to go. I was talking to you, buddy Jeff, earlier about that. Um, like, you got a choice, right? You, you're gonna, of course, hypothetical. You got a choice. You're gonna, you're gonna get mauled by a bear, a gorilla, um, or die by a wolf or a tiger. What do you choose? Well, I take the gorilla all day because I think he's just gonna beat your ass. I don't think he's gonna kill you because I don't think I don't think he wants to eat you. But like, the premise of the question is you're gonna die. Mm. Yeah, then the tiger, because the tiger's going to get your neck and kill you quick. That's that's my choice also. Yeah, I think so. Did I you think... see the video of the tiger chasing the dudes on the motorbike? No. Oh, in India? It's horrific. <laughs> These fucking dudes are driving on this road yeah. in this uh, wildlife preserve, and this tiger comes full clip, chasing them out of the jungle, and just bails off at the last second. That's just can't catch them. It me. should. Mm-hmm. It's fucking horrific. They're so fast. Dude. Like, what do you do, right? What can you do? Like, there's so nothing we, you can do. Unless you have a gun. You're so weak. It's not much you can do. But then when you think about that, there, like, you think about Africa, you think about India, you think about these places where lions and tigers exist, and people have existed since the beginning of time. Mm-hmm. At some point, someone had to win that, right? Just, oh, just numbers, just population right. numbers. Here's the video. Check this shit out. You're going to freak out. <clears throat> I don't need to see her, Jamie. Here it is. So these guys are on oh. this bike. Look at this thing. Look at this thing. Just oh. says, fuck it. He just tried. He tried. Now, the reason why this is significant is because in India, tigers eat people all the fucking time. 
They eat them all the time. Like there's tigers that target human beings. There's a place in, in India called the Sundarbans, and the Sundarbans is um, it's near this river that they they think that one of the reasons why the tigers are so irritable is that they're drinking this river water, and the river water has a high degree of salt in it, high level of salt. And so they're irritated all the time. Yeah. They're just in agony, and they're particularly vicious. And over the last 200 years, tigers have killed more than 300,000 human beings in this one part of India. Like, why do you still live there? Like, I'm, I'm, I'm <laughs> giving poor. them, you know, I'm giving them, I'm giving that place to the tigers. Because <laughs> I, I, I see that. I see that video, and I imagine being that guy on that bike. <sighs> and, like, I, you know what a bike seat is like, right? Yeah. You can you imagine being on a bike seat with like what I, I'm I'm shitting myself? Yeah, for you know? sure. If you have any shit in your body, it's gonna come out. Like that's a. There's no way you win that. Nope. There's no way you win that. Not no. today. No, you don't win. You only win by being on a motorcycle and getting away. Yeah. The fact they got a video of it though. <sighs> yeah. How did he? I hope he had a GoPro. <laughs> he's 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 like <laughs> just like riding. Hey. They listen. They get they get got all the time. Yeah. All the time. Especially imagine. in India. India, I think, is the worst place in the world for tiger and human uh, interactions. I don't get that. Like, are the tigers in India bigger or They're smaller? just tigers. <laughs> yeah, it does, I know it doesn't matter the size. Like, they're either like 300 or 500 pounds or something like that. I but. think the biggest tigers are in Siberia. Okay. I think that's the case. Usually with mammals, what happens is... The, like the same species when they're in a hotter climate tend to be smaller, depends on the animal obviously, than they are in the, the colder climates. It's something, it has something to do with preserving body temperature, like deer for instance. Like if you get a white-tailed deer from Texas, it's much smaller than a white-tailed deer from Saskatchewan. Yeah. It's the same species. Yeah. But way up north, they just it's just colder and they grow, grow, they'll grow like 300 pounds up there. Whereas like a big white tail in Texas is like half that size. Yeah. Yeah, the the that's people too, right? Mm -hmm. There are certain places where sure. people are just Iceland. larger. Yeah. The mountain guy from Game of Thrones, that yeah. motherfucker. I yeah. guess they had a controversial moment. Uh the end of last year into this year, they had a tiger that was known for killing thirteen people or more. And so they had a shoot to kill uh target on it. Yeah. And I guess they someone got it. And, and people are mad? People were mad. <sighs> It killed 13 people and people are mad that someone killed it. People are just fucking weak. They're just so soft. What if you got the wrong tiger? Fuck him. Fuck them all. <laughs> kill, whatever, anyone that you get a chance to kill that's close enough to kill you, kill him. Man, I think I, 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 keep, I can't get that, that video of the tiger chasing that, that bike out of my head. Because <laughs> like, like, that's another thing. Those things, they're so coordinated. That yeah. thing at full speed can take a swipe. At that yep. back tire, and just and then you're screwed. Yeah, then like, you're what fucked. do you do? Because, like, what's your first reaction going to be? Like, get up and try and get back on the bike. There's nothing you can do. There's nothing you can do. There's no way you get the bike going in time. The tiger would be on you so fast. I mean, they can run. They could probably run forty miles an hour. Those fucking yeah. things. Yeah, yeah. And it's probably four hundred pounds, five hundred pounds. 400 pounds of something. An animal is four hundred something pounds and runs at. Twice the speed of Usain Bolt. <laughs> How is that fair? I mean, that's why there's not a million deer. You know, the reason why there's not a million deer in that same spot yeah. is because of those tigers. They, they need them. You know, I was um, in Lanai, 
which is um, one of the smaller islands in Hawaii, hunting uh, axis deer. And the axis deer were given to King Kamehameha of Hawaii, like in the 1800s. And when we were over there, you know, you, you bow hunt these things. And I'm telling you, you've never seen a deer move this fast. Yeah. The reason why they're so fast is they evolved to get away from tigers. So when they see you, they they make this noise like, and then they fucking scatter. And they're so fast. Like, it's hilarious to watch. Like, wow. They're so fast. When you say that, like, my brain just starts doing the math. And I'm like, like... Of course, the ones that got ca- caught by the tigers were the slower ones. Yeah. So, like, the fastest ones are mating. Yeah. And, like, yeah, I can only imagine. It's it's kind of like um, uh, Olympic sprinter, mm-hmm. a female Olympic sprinter marries a, a, a NFL running, back. Pl- a running yeah. back. Yeah. And they have a kid. Woo! Yeah. Look, like, genetics are real. Yeah. I mean, that's one of the reasons why America's becoming softer and softer. It's because what are you getting? You're getting people that sit at a desk all day with fucking herniated discs and a fat belly, drinking coffee and eating donuts, and they marry someone who's just like them, and they barely get their shit together, and they have a kid who watches video games all day and eats cookies, and and he's gross, and then he marries another girl who's like that, and next (coughs) thing you know, you go through this four, five, six generations, you get get piss-poor genes. Yeah. I I just recently went home to the Bahamas, and... I, I, I'm starting to miss it more and more and more because as I get older, I, rem- I, I, I long for the things that I did as a little kid. I long mm. for the places as I, that I was at as a little kid. And so my family's from this little place called Farmerski Exuma that's three quarters of a mile by seven eighths. I think I've told you that before. And it's tiny. And I was there this time and just seeing, just, just waking up every morning and just looking out the window and just blue ocean all day mm. um i just i want to go back there the people that people the people that live there like you get a boat at like 14 15 years old because you there's just really nothing that you can do on the island other than interact with your family and fish right everything 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 that you need staple wise you have to go somewhere else to get it or it has to be brought in so like i have a cousin who um He's like, he's older than me. He's like my grandmother's generation, but he's my cousin. Um, he's like four years older than me. But like this guy, he free dives and he will go down and he will hang out on the water for like two or three minutes, <sighs> like with us with a spear. He doesn't, he doesn't like to scuba. He doesn't like to take, um, take a tank with him. One time we're, we're, we're fishing off the back of the boat. He's off the front and he's like, he, and then on top of that, he's in, he's in the water and he re- he comes out of the water and he reaches up. He says, Hey Julian, bring the boat over here. It's a shock. So like there's like it, but and then he goes back down, you know what I mean? There's a shark in the water near him, probably a reef shark, and um he's got his spear and he's just like just get closer, but I'm still fishing, like that's that's the life. So he just wants to be able to get out if shit goes sideways. Yeah, I, I'm assuming, <laughs> but I'm like, scared. would you think that it would be safer to be in the water or on top of the water if there was a shark? Like if you had goggles, you could see the motherfucker. Wouldn't you want to be in the water? You Rather mean, than on top and not knowing where he's coming yeah. from, I would think so. I would think so, but then you like not only is it three sixty, but it's like universal. The view is universal, right? Right. But if you're on top of the water and you can see, at least is like you got your back to the wall. Yeah, he can't come from the top. That's true. So that's true. But I don't. Try- know. I don't know. But I'm, at the same time, you're in the water with an animal who's who. That's his natural habitat. Yeah. Like you can't you can't even turn around nearly as fast as he can. He can probably swim around you and come up from the back before you can even turn around. Yeah, probably. Yeah, so, they they swim pretty fucking fast. Yeah, they're like ninjas in the water. <laughs> 
they just clean the cleanup crew, just like that tiger. I um, so my girlfriend and I were there, and I was um, feeding the turtles, right? So I try to grab a turtle, and literally the turtle is this big. It's no bigger than this, and I'm about to pick it up. I'm trying to pick it this up. This being like. Explain to people. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, um, probably like sixteen inches. Yeah, a trash can lid, no bigger than a trash can lid. And um, I am trying to pick it up, and this before I can get it out of the water, those 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 big fins, arms that they have. He just he pulls me down into the water, like this this little thing. He probably weighs forty fifty pounds. Right, and it's just so powerful in the water. Like if I were to hang on to that turtle, I would be moving faster than I would move with fins on. Whoa! <laughs> like how is that possible? And, and I'm, I'm like, I don't want to talk about my weight, but I'm a lot bigger than that than that turtle. <laughs> <laughs> you getting sensitive? <laughs> I, I, I'm, I'm not at fight weight anymore. You're eating so. well. I'm, you look good, man. Don't worry about it. Do you I, think you're gonna move to Bahamas? You think you'd live there someday? Um, I like ultimately. I'm definitely gonna live back there in my, yeah? in my lifetime. You know, I um, I mean, I, if I want to, I want to die there. Whoa, you know what I mean? I don't necessarily want to die anytime soon, right? <laughs> but but when you do, you want to live the end of your life there, yeah. the relaxed life, island yeah. life. Hey, man, I get it. Every time I go to Hawaii, I, st- I st- my brain starts spinning. I'm like, can I live here? Why don't I just move here? I'm like, I don't, I don't need much, you know. You you had, did you watch the Steve Jobs movie? No, I haven't either. But just recently, it was on television, and the the opening scene was some guy in like I don't know the seventies or sixties talking about computers when computers were huge, when computers were like those big things mm-hmm. that take up an entire room. Um, he's like, yeah, one day, like you can be anywhere in the world. And you can work. You could be on a remote island, and you can be doing your work, and you will get emails. He was talking about emails, like in the '60s. You know, oh. he's talking about the internet in the '60s or something. It's on the beginning of the Jobs movie. And Is that I'm the like, one with Ashton Kutcher? No. <laughs> I was going to ask which one. There's another one, Fast Michael Fassbender too, that came out. I think it's the Fassbender. I don't know what Michael who, Fassbender looks like. I know that name, but who's Michael Fassbender? He's uh. What was he in? I believe. I think he's like Loki in the Avengers. I think oh. that's him too. Oh, that makes Unless sense. Unless I just yeah. somebody up. I yeah, I think. That makes sense. I think that's him. But yeah, that, that movie, um, they were talking about that then. And I'm like, you know, and then 2001 was when um, Jobs came out with the, yeah, that's him. Oh, that's no, no, one. no. Is, is he not, Loki? No, no, your, so he's no. someone, but I, I, I mixed somebody up. But. He's from Prometheus. Okay, he's the robot in the Prometheus yeah, yeah. and Alien series. Yeah, he's yeah. the, uh, yeah, that guy's excellent. Yeah. Oh, so he played he Steve a Jobs. Bunch of stuff I guess. Was Steve Jobs an asshole in the Steve Jobs movie? Yeah. I mean, I only saw like the first five minutes. I, yeah. like, I want to watch this, Ash but in the middle. he does look, yeah, he is in the movie. But the claim is that you have to be an asshole to be like a genius. Right? I, don't, I don't know if I buy that. I don't it buy it like either. A lot of people who <laughs> get a lot of shit done eventually run into people that don't get shit done the way they want. And so the only way they figure out how to get shit done with those people is to dominate them. Yeah, push. To, to yell at them and to, you know. Like, the Apple deal was that you had to work insane hours, too. That's a weird thing, man. If you're going to work for a company, you got a good job. Is it a good job? What, what's so good about it? That you get money? Where's your life? You don't have a life. Yeah. You, you're working 17 hours a day? Oh, okay. That sucks. That's a shitty job. Even if you're making a lot of money, like... 
a guy who makes less money, but it can take the weekend off and go fishing and hang out with his kids and chill. That's a better life. Preach it, Joe. Preach it. That's a better life. I'm listening. Hallelujah. That Bahamas life is the way to go. I'm telling you, you got man. me thinking. <laughs> when, I, when, I, when I was at home, it was, it was just nice. Like mm-hmm. a, fighter's, a fighter's life is kind of like that. I right. mean, not, not all the time and not everyone, but you get to do what you love to do. Mm-hmm. And then- you get to do what you want to do. If you can handle the highs and the lows. With fighters, it's handling the highs with the ego and the lows with the emotions and the just the letting everybody down and the depression. That Both of those things. That, that's like those are the extremes. Yeah. But that, that the highs of, of winning big fights and, and have getting being admired for mm-hmm. something that really truly becomes a part of you, just just being yourself, yeah. like, um, that, that feels good. But you do put a lot of weight on yourself. And and when you lose, like I ain't gonna lie, man. Um, there there has been some things on the internet, like when I lost to Hominick, right? It was like, oh, he threw that fight, and I was like, like that that breaks my heart. That hurts when my someone heart. says you threw the fight. Yeah, you know. Yeah, th- you just can't read that shit. But I know what you mean. Yeah, you can't read. There's people that they have crazy theories about nonsense. There's you know. That's crazy. That the idea that you threw a fight, or that you would get together with Hunt or make a, a bet against yourself or something stupid right. like that. So, I, I I just heard I just heard um, at some point like over the past year or so, I heard a, an argument that like, well, if a guy doesn't make weight and the other guy gets so much of his purse, like, and he's he's going to get his win and show money, right? If he's guaranteed his win and show money anyway, then why wouldn't he just throw the fight and get a bonus percentage of the the winners win money? And that's a like, moron. <laughs> <laughs> that's a moron. Well, not only that. That's, Thank you. That's not just a moron. It's someone who doesn't understand the psychology of a winner. Yeah. Like the the thing about a winner is the last thing a winner wants to do is lose on purpose, right? Like that and when you have the opportunity, the the big thing is winning. You have the opportunity to win. It's right in front of you. And you only get a chance to do this three times a year, four times a year, five if you're cowboy, right? Like, right? Like, how many times Cowboy's is he? Cowboy's crazy. He's crazy. But he fights like five times a year, right? If he could, he'd probably fight every week. Yeah. But the the, the idea that you're going to throw that, the, the, the best feeling that you could ever achieve they're crazy. They just don't understand it. They, but that's just the problem with the internet. It's reading comments. It's just too many morons with ideas. I used to love the underground, man. It was great back in the day. I was like having I like I had the O. What I think I have double O's. You know what I yeah. mean? Yeah. Like being being <laughs> from back then, you know. Yeah. Um, or maybe even a ninety. Like they, at some point, they just gave you the number. They, I was on in the nineties. Same here. Yeah. So like, I don't know if my thing says ninety nine or double O. I still sign in every once in a while. Just to check in. Just to check in. There's so um, much toxic conversation. But that's just the internet in general. There's still a lot of good d- discussions on the underground. I think last time I was on was about a month ago. I went and checked. I was like, hmm. Like there was some, especially there was some good jujitsu talk. There was uh, some good technique talk about uh, like leg locks and, and you know, and whether or not there's going to be uh, – a transition from leg locks because everybody's the leg lock game sort of overtook jujitsu. 
whether or not it was going to uh, switch to choking or when there was someone's like whether it's going to there's going to be a new trend because leg lock defense is so good now. And I'm like, I appreciate that. I appreciate when people are like devoted practitioners and they're really discussing technique and dis- but when it's like this guy's a pussy and he fucking sucks and you know ronda rousey's a fucking bitch and like that's oh all God. Dude, there's so much of that on the internet it's hard to um mm. to filter through that to find yeah. some good conversation sometimes yeah it's like in your life you would avoid people like that like the plague like if there was a guy in your life that wanted your phone number and all he does is complain about things and have stupid theories you'd be like get this guy the fuck away from me yeah. right yeah but you can't avoid them online yeah no online that's the thing that that you know being anonymous on the internet that's this, <laughs> that's some power for some people man sure and that's crazy. Well, it's also, you got to realize that the people that are executing that power, the people that want and need that power, they're all either young or they're losers. Those are the two. Th- either young, they don't get it. You know, they're 14. Someone lets them online. They just want to say mean shit because it's fun. Like, you got you to gotta rock. There's a window. Eh. No yeah. one's looking. I'm going to throw this rock. Yeah. That's what people do. It's normal. But I don't want to hang out with young kids and I don't want to hang out with losers. But and see, that's, that's the th- problem. I think there's something with that too that... um. I mean, well, I mean, we know there's something with that where that being anonymous, you that's a protection. Yeah. But like you see sometimes that bleeds into their real life. I mm-hmm. mean, I saw this this video, this kid, he's like, he's just like making fun of this older man. He was he's being rude to this woman. He's making fun of this older man. The man so the man starts making fun of him too. He's like, meh, 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 meh. And so the kid starts punching him in the arm. And the guy's like, he just turns away and his kid's punching, swinging at him. And this is not like a little kid. He's, he's, he's a little kid. You shouldn't, he's not a kid that you would smack because if he started talking smack to you, right? right. You wouldn't fight him because of that. But then this kid starts punching him and he's like, he's like, he tells the kid to stop and the kid keeps going. And he grabs him by the throat and he pushes him, right? And the kid falls down and he's like, then he starts crying and he, hey, you assaulted me. And it's like, <laughs> like what, what reality do you live in, man? Like your parents have failed. Like, I'm sorry, you know? Life failed them. They live in a blurry reality. It's too much online, not enough real world. Yeah. Like, I, not enough getting your ass kicked. Too. That's the thing. Fighting solves everything, man. <laughs> it solves a lot of things. Everything. I hate those people that say fight. Fighting, what is that going to solve? Like, everything. I'm telling you. Like, my thing is, like, if you start, if you, I don't like going back and forth. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, we're not going to go back and forth. You say something disrespectful, I'm going to say something disrespectful. I'm going to up the ante. And then if, if you want to keep going, like, man, we can just stop talking right now and go. Yeah. You know? I know I'm an, I'm, I'm an old man now, <laughs> but, like, I, like, that solves everything. Like, there's no reason to be talking. Also, having a history of that in your life gives you a much better perspective of the consequences of talking shit. If you don't have any history, like how many times have you seen guys talk shit and you know they can't fight? You're like, yeah. this is crazy. This is like someone challenging someone to a race they've never driven a car. Like, they don't even know how to shift gears. You don't know a goddamn thing. What, you watch a Jackie Chan movie, you think going to fuck somebody up? <laughs> it's like, but there's a lot of people that are doing there's that. There's so many people that believe that, like, and then just guys who watch fights, like they, mm-hmm. they believe that they could beat, they, they, they're legit people that believe <laughs> they could beat people that are inside the octagon or inside sure. a professional cage, inside the PFL or, yeah. or Ryzen or somewhere. Yeah. And they're just like, I could beat that guy. Yeah, no, you can't. I really believe no, you that. Can't. Just by being I could be Polly Malinaji. Did you see? What? Yeah. No, dude. No, he'll fuck you up. <laughs> <laughs> that was a sad fight, man. 
I watched. I, I watched it again. I didn't watch. I didn't. I. I don't know. I can't. I can't bring myself to watch the bare knuckle boxing. I tell you what, man. It changed my opinion. I was thinking for a long time that MMA done correctly, you'd have bare knuckles. Because I was like, why you got bare shins and bare knees and bare elbows, but you have your knuckles padded up? That doesn't make any sense. But now I see the cuts, like Chris yeah. Lieben, his face was just opened up, man. I was like, that is just, I don't want to see people take unnecessarily cuts that way because then that scar tissue opens yeah. up and then shortens their career, stops fights. I don't want to see And also breaking hands. Mm-hmm. I mean, like... I, 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 that's why I don't want to watch it. I, I'm not a big fan of cuts. Remember um, Marvin Eastman and Vitor Belfort? Oh. I, don't, I, don't, I, don't, I don't like, I don't, like, you know? Yeah, horrific. I want, I, I want to show you something. Okay. That's like, you, you, when you, do you see, when you see those gory videos, does that really throw you? No. Like, okay, so I'm going to show you something and it's horrible, right? But, um, oh crap. What is it? Um, it's a video. It's a video of, of. I don't even know how to explain. I don't want. I don't want to tell you what it is until you see it okay. because it is so graphic. Is it a fight video? It's or? not a fight video. It's just something gory. Okay. You want to see some sure. gore? Yeah. All right. Show me. I keep mm. um forgetting how to get through my phone sometimes, but I found <laughs> it. Okay. Let's see. So you're watching that, right? Okay. Uh, I don't know if those two things go together. Oh, Jesus Christ. Oh, Jesus Christ. Mm. Yeah. Whoa. Yeah. You can see that, Jamie. Yeah. yeah. Whoa. Like, I don't know if that, that part one equals part two. I don't know if that was just edited, but still. It looks like it took him right in the mug. Oh. That seems like what it would do if a log hit you in the face like that. Wow. I don't want to see guy's- that. Whole head is broken. He's missing his upper jaw. Yeah. Yikes. Like, I don't, I don't even want to look. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I well, got... how about Cyborg when Michael Venom Page hit him with that knee? Woo. That's one that makes you, you makes you fucking, your whole body tightens up. Like, like how do you, how do you dent somebody's skull? Like, you know how much force you have to hit somebody with like that? Crazy. Think of all the fights you've seen. We've never seen that. I've never seen that. Think about this. When something, you've, everybody's been hit on the head or something fell on your head and it's an edge of something and mm-hmm. it just, that pain. Yeah. I can't imagine what that pain is like. That's, that's bone. Yeah. The bone, I don't want to see it. There's the, like, the <laughs> no, I'm not saying it. open up. I'm just like, I looked over there like that, that screen brightened up. and. Well, how about, yeah, what uh, Cosmo Alexandre did to, to Sage, Sage Northcutt. That's crazy too. Mm-hmm. One punch broke like eight bones in his face. Yeah. Like, it's not, this is not for the lighthearted, man. It's not for the lighthearted. Like, a lot of people, lot, like, I'm not, I'm not a sage hater, but I'm not a sage lover. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But, like, I don't wish that on anybody. I don't game. wish that on anybody either. And I don't, I don't like that matchup. I didn't like that matchup at all. I was like, what are they doing? That is a, that's a world champion striker. Yeah. Cosmo is a fucking bad yeah. man. Yeah. He's a bad man. He lights people on fire. Yeah. You know, and, and him at 185 pounds with no weight cutting. And that's one of the things that he said about that fight, how good he felt, yeah. like where he didn't have to cut any weight. And you see how thick and fucking full he looked. It wasn't depleted and dehydrated and everything like that. And that is just not Sage's. It was, bring it back to the beginning. But look it how does thi- this in all oh, angles you can see. Look how time. thick he is, too. Like if you've seen Cosmo's fights before, I remember when he fought John Wayne Parr in Lion Fight. 
I mean, but John Wayne Parr is a multiple-time world champion and a skillful guy, and he managed to avoid, like, the big power shots like this and didn't get hurt. But it's also Cosmo having a chance to punch you with MMA gloves right. on, too, with the majority of his career he fought Muay Thai. Boom. I mean, that is a crazy punch. Man. Everything's behind that. It's And it's like this kid is just not ready for this yet. No. He's just not ready for this. As much as he has experience in karate and, you know, he had some good MMA fights against some, you know, good fighters. This is not a good fighter. That's an elite world-class striker. Striker. And, you know, you're fighting him with little gloves on in a ring. And like, your, your mixed martial arts game is primarily a striking game. Mm-hmm. Yep. You know, yep. You're, a, you're yeah. at a big disadvantage. Huge. Enormous disadvantage. I like what one is doing, though. I really do. I like what they're doing. I thought that's interesting, too, that they made him fight in a ring. Well, I don't know how many events one does in a ring versus does in a cage, yeah. but the dynamics shift radically when you get caught, you get cornered. You know, like that's one of the cool things about the Bellator cage. Yeah. It's, it's circular. There's no corner There's no in corner. anybody. Yeah. yeah. But that, you know, when you see a boxing ring like that. Yeah. Um, that's especially, again, with Cosmo. Like, yes. that's where he spent most of his time. Yeah. Like all a, of his time. It's a different environment. And cutting that off is so much easier. And for a guy who's who knows how to do that, it he, it's almost like Sage was set up. I'm not saying they it set him like up, he but, was set up. but yeah. that's just a bad situation. Well, he didn't have. I mean, I guess he didn't have to take the fight. I don't know. How, I I should say I don't know how they do their matchmaking. I don't know if it's like, like the UFC kind of forces fights on people, right? They let you know, like you take this fight, or you know, we're we probably not going to call you. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's up to you. But if you want a career in the UFC, you take fights when you get them. But like when you see fighters in boxing, they get if they have a really good manager, they the manager knows who the guy you're going to fight is and says, "Okay, Eve, this guy is good, but you can beat him." And this is what I like about this style. He's gonna he's gonna challenge you in a couple areas, but overall, you're a better fighter than than him. But it'll give you a challenge, and we're trying to build your record up to get you a title shot. And you know, maybe you'd be nine and zero, ten and zero, eleven and zero, twelve and zero. And then you know, you get to a certain level, and they go, "Okay, we're ready to fight for a title." And then it would be this big promotion, Eve Edwards, you know, seventeen and zero, you know, sixteen knockouts, and it shows your highlight reel. Like this is something that m- big management. This is the reason why it's, it exists in boxing. Yeah. It's actually smart because it's a part of the development of a fighter. For every John Jones. They could just step into the octagon at 21 years old and start fucking people up. There's so many young fighters that could be world champions, but then they run into elite competition early in their career and get fucked up, and then they, they their dream kind of drifts away from them. Yeah, fear gets put in put in them early. Yep, that's yep. that's a problem, and unnecessarily in my in my opinion. Yeah, I agree. Um, and that's that's the thing about guys getting into the UFC really early in their career like that's everybody's Mm -hmm. goal virtually every fighter on the planet that's where they want to be that's the most recognized belt that's that's the belt that everybody considers the 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 highest ranked belt right so that's where everybody wants to get and getting there with two or three fights under your under your belt um it's exciting but like you don't you're you're in the wolf stand now yeah it's not smart everybody wants to say they're a ufc fighter but it really isn't smart the smart way to do it is to fight on the regional circuit, train at a really good gym, and develop yourself. Get to a Brian point. Brian Ortega. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, there's look, look what Marlon Marais did. You know, yep. when he was before PFL, when it was the World Series World of Series. Fighting, psh, he was fucking everybody up over there, and we were watching him yep. going, "How would this guy fare against world class competition?" And then you get get him into the UFC. You're okay. Well, this guy's the real yeah, deal. He's right there. He's the real deal. But he, it took all those years in smaller shows and to build up that sort of skill set and that confidence and experience. There's a lot of a lot of good guys that came through there, like Gaethje. You know? mm-hmm. Sure, like, perfect example. Yeah. yeah, and it's it's also a good place um, when you get when when guys got. When, I'm not talking about now, of course, because it's no longer the World Series. But when guys got. You know, they got to the UFC and they did their experience show that they weren't ready for it. And, mm-hmm. you know, having these smaller promotions, that that's a good thing because some of those guys, their spirit doesn't necessarily break. They just know they're not ready for that. Yet. Yeah. So yeah. going back down and working their way back up. But then again, it's hard. It's, it's Sometimes it's hard to to earn that second shot. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like you can go back and, and it, uh, I guess it all depends also on the relationship you had with, with, with the powers that be. Right. Once you once you're out... You know, if you you went out on a bad note, it kind of doesn't really matter. Yeah, there's some bridge burners out there. Yeah. Some young guys that get crazy and then they do an interview. Interviews are so toxic, right? You get, yeah. you start getting crazy and you say something that really could fuck up your entire career and you might not even really mean it. Or if you do mean it, you might mean it only for an hour. Yeah. You know, and then after you say like, "Why did I say that?" I, I really I should look at it from their perspective. They're yeah. trying to run a business. Don't be in your feelings. Yeah, don't be in your feelings. <laughs> Well, like, you know, one of the more interesting things about the PFL this season was uh, Vinny Magalhaes. Like, Vinny Magalhaes has become who I thought he would be earlier in his career because he's such a phenom with grappling. I mean, he's he's the legitimate world champion. I mean, I remember watching him throw a flying armbar on Pano, who's a, a multiple-time Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu world champion himself, and Vinny just locks him up and jumps into a flying armbar. I'm like, that is crazy, and finished him off. I was like, that is insane. Like, that's how good Vinny is. And he was catching people, and and I thought he was on his way. And Sean, what is his last name? Sean O'Connell. O- O'Connell. Yeah, I want to say O'Malley, but I know that's not his name. Sean O'Connell. I'm, I was very impressed, man. Amazed that he was able to beat him. Man, he put he put a real good game plan together. He had Jeremy Horn in his corner, too. Oh. Like, Having having that knowledge yeah. bank behind you, you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. But um, like Vinny, I think his fights lasted like not even a round to get into the, to the get to the finals. Yeah. So that's four fights, and he hasn't even spent five minutes in the cage yet, you know. And then Sean takes him to the end. But then this season, Vinny just fought a couple of weeks ago, and um, man, the I guess it's kind of like the strategy to be Vinny, of course, is to keep the fight standing, um, not get taken down, not be on bottom, don't even let him pull guard. But he took he took he took a pounding in that first round. He he needs he needs a win. He needs like he needs to show that that Vinny level jujitsu mm. in his next fight to get into the playoffs this year. Did he win his fight? He lost. He, he lost. He got stopped in the second, I believe. By who? Emiliano Sordi. Oh. He lit him up, man. Really? He just just. Picked him apart, stayed on the outside. I think Vinny did get land one takedown, but Sordi defended, got back to his feet, mm. and he like he just worked him, body, head, just really good boxing. Yeah, Vinny might be the, the, just that guy that's just elite level jujitsu guy that never quite realizes his full potential in MMA. You know, and it's also like the amount of time you got to think he was back in the Ultimate Fighter. Ryan Bader stopped him in the finals. That was a long time ago. It was like the third or fourth, se- fourth or fifth season. Something like that. Yeah. So what was that, 2007 or something like that? 12 yeah. years ago? 
That's a long career. That's a long time. Know? But like he still looks good. He still looks has amazing. it. His his striking has gotten better. I mean, mm. he's not going to be able to go toe to toe with the elite level strikers in his weight class. But um, <clears throat> his wrestling is where where I think that's where he really needs to focus now if he still wants to do like, or how much long he wants to do this. Right. Because how old is he now? I think Vinny's 30, 33, 34? 35. Uh, it was close. Mm. But um. Yeah. But his striking is, you have to respect it. You have to respect his standing. And if he can transition to, to taking a shot off of that and just chain wrestle, like that'll be so much better because on top, of course, yeah. you know, he's, he's going to be a monster. But if he's pulling guard, um, there's a few guys he's going to catch. But most, most of the better guys, you, you're going to have a problem there. What are you saying? It's his birthday today. Oh. Oh, happy, happy birthday, birthday Vinny. Vinny. Yeah, he's uh, one of the few guys. I mean, he, didn't he get like two Kimuras in a row? Two Kimuras on the same night. Did he really? Yeah. On the same, one oh, from fighting on the same night. That yeah. shit's crazy. I'm not a fan of that. Why? Because I think that the problem is, say, if two guys fight, right, and one guy knocks the other guy out real quick and then goes into the next round, but the other guy who is going to fight, he he fights and he has a rough three-round war and then he goes into the next fight one guy is super fresh and the other guy's body's beat to shit just doesn't doesn't make sense like one guy's legs are all fucked up he's been leg kicked he might have got dinged he might be like a little dizzy and then he's gonna go and fight an hour later that, that seems ridiculous to me but what about like does that so that's different for you if it's wrestling or if it's um a submission grappling tournament yes because there's no striking yeah involved? because there's no striking the thing about that is you can always, if, you, if you're going in banged up, right, or if you get hurt, we saw that last year in the playoffs. Um, I forget who it was. I, I believe it was um, Mamadov. No, Islam Mamadov, right? He won his fight, but he, I don't remember what the injury was, but he pulled out, you know, and the guy he beat who was not banged up really, I mean, the fight was a tough fight. Um, he claimed he wasn't, he was going in at 100% except for the, conditioning um mm. yeah know. but the thing is like th there's a difference between being injured like you tear your acl and you know it and like i can't fight i can't go on and just being beat to shit that's that's that is the difference but yeah like i mean what's the difference between fight you you can only fight five rounds right like and no commission is gonna let you fight five rounds more than five rounds in a night so in the playoffs for the pfl we have two rounds in the quarterfinals mm -hmm. and then the semifinals is three rounds Right, it's kind of tricky because should the fight end up in a draw, then the fighter who won the first round wins the fight. What? Yeah, I think it should be the second. Yeah, um, some people think it should be the second. Some people think it should be the first. Why is uh, it the I, fighter that won the first round? I don't know. I mean, that seems silly. <clears throat> it's yeah. Don't I, you want to like if the 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 teacher comes and pulls you off a dude, you're on top, and you punch him in the face, but that guy was hitting you with a jab for the first two minutes. It doesn't matter. Everybody knows you won the fight. <laughs> Street fight rules, Yeah, right? if you're on top and you're punching him in the face when the when they break it up, you won. Yeah. He knows it too. Everyone yeah. knows it. I agree. So I, I, I do like I do like the second round being weighed, weighed more heavily. Yeah. I think also having the second round weighed more heavily, um, where the first round is, you're going to press the action, and and the guy's not really going to run because if I mean if you do run, you can't be assured that if unless you dominated the first round completely, you yeah. can't be assured that you're going to win that. I get the strategy though, where they want people to fight exciting fights. They don't want anybody to hold their hold energy, hold back until the second round. I get that. That makes sense. 
Yeah, but at the same time, if one guy presses the action in the first, mm-hmm. everybody's go. I mean, you you got to go. Yeah, that's true. I don't know, but it's it's see that's the that, the only problem with that is if if commissions would allow three rounds, you know. Yeah. I mean. What's an extra round anyway? I, like, there's there's not a single. F- it's weird how sometimes these people who don't do it and they they say they they um they're concerned for your safety. Yeah. They're like, we're fighting. We already yeah. agreed to do this. <laughs> like, you know what yeah. I mean? I know. This the worst thing that can happen today is a fight. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you can worry about someone's <laughs> safety. Yeah, it's funny. But, it's I don't know, man. It's I just think that. Twice a night, when you talk to neurologists in particular, they, they think it's very dangerous. Yeah. Because they think repeated concussions. Like one of the things about football that they're really concerned with was guys that get head injuries early in the game, they, they sit on the bench for a, a quarter and then jump back in. They're worried about that. They're yeah. worried about repeated concussions in one day. I, I get that. And I also think like where football is concerned, I, again, I love football. I, I still like to watch the sport. And I have nothing against that you – as long as the fi- the players have the information, mm-hmm. you're making a choice, right? Right. This is, this is it's freedom. Now, right? today, yeah, they have, the, you know, Bo Jackson said he wouldn't let his kids play. Yeah. Well. Which I, is really interesting. He said yeah. He didn't know. He said no one knew back then. Yeah, no one, I mean, it's like, well, yeah. They I, thought you were wearing a helmet, you're going to be fine. See, that's the thing about, that's where I think the difference between fighting and, and the NFL and football happens is because, like, if if I gave you a basketball and I stood here and I said, throw that in my head as hard as you can, as hard as you want, right? As hard as you can, right? I don't think you're going to go, you're, you're going to try to smash me in the head with the basketball, right? right. But if I put on a helmet, you, you're going to be more willing to throw it harder, right. right? But it's like, that doesn't, that that really doesn't change anything. It's now, now that you, this perceived um, defense protection, there's just a barrier, but I'm still getting that concussive force of you throw that basketball at my head, right? Yep. But when you take football, you, you're not taking just a punch traveling at like 20, 30 miles an hour from like two feet away hitting somebody. Yes, it's repeated, but like people don't take really more than 60 punches in a, in a, in a, in a fight, but um, sometimes they do. But um, football, there's like you're slamming into each other, and we're talking about 250-pound men at full speed at 15 to 20 miles an hour. Boom. Boom. You yeah. know? And then that's, they're both running at each other. That's, yeah, like a head-on collision. So that's, The impact's that's, insane. That's, that's so different. But, um... Like I don't, I don't, I don't say don't don't play the sport. Just make sure the information's out there. Let let the people make their choice. Wonder if there's ever going to be anything they can do to figure out how to protect the brain. Inside, I mean, there's got to be a way that they can figure out how to. Well, maybe not. I mean, your brain's sloshing around inside yeah. there. Yeah. Like they, they they have a way. Like. Give us the information let you decide whether you want to put your brain at risk yeah. or not. You know what I mean? Yeah. But, like, what I like, the thing about the PFL, because when you get when you get to the playoffs, that those two fights in one night, mm-hmm. um, I fought in tournaments. I, I, like, you know, you knew about boxers being punchy and mm-hmm. all that. I knew that. But, um, like, I don't know. There, there's... There's a thing. There's a thing about competing. There's a passion about competing and having that tournament opportunity. That's a lot of fun. Like a lot of these young guys, a lot of these young fighters, they didn't get the chance to fight in tournaments because right. the tournaments kind of ended recently. You know, um, the Pride tournaments were awesome, and then of course back then there was a lot of tournaments. The UFC had the tournament originally, so that's a whole lot of fun. But like with the PFL season, what I like about it is is there's 
a bunch of different storylines that happens. You know, mm-hmm. you, you you're fighting to gain points to get into the playoffs. So the f- there are two regular season fights, and the first regular season fight, you um, you you know where you everybody's sitting at zero. But then you come in the second. Of course, everybody wants to win their fight. Everybody wants to win as soon as possible to get the maximum amount of points. But then when you come into the second fight, then everybody's like, okay, you're looking at the numbers. I need this. I need this. You're concerned. And then you're watching throughout the night to figure out who's who's got to do what. On well, your explain card. that to people that don't understand what we're talking about because there's a, you guys have a score system. We have a scoring system. So in the Professional Fighters League, um, a win you have to win um you have to we have a seating for the playoffs so the top 8 fighters in in the in the male weight classes and the women are only 8 so the top 4 fighters get into the playoffs right and you get in by point standings so you get a draw that's 1 point for each fighter you get a win that's 3 points but you get a win by stoppage in the third round, that's four points. Win by stoppage in the second, five. Win by stoppage in the first, six. So you try to accrue points, so accumulate points so that when we get to the playoffs, you're seated in the top eight. And I'm talking about the men. Just remember that the women are, are, are four in the playoffs. But when you get seated through the top eight, and then you fight a quarterfinal and semifinal fight on the same night, and the winners... From those nights, the winners in the semifinals go to the championships, and that's on New Year's Eve, and that's for a million dollars. So you get three fights for a million dollars, right? Um, that's pretty fucking good. That's really good, yeah. right? <laughs> so I, I, I wish this tournament was around when I was, because <laughs> like I'm like, yeah, yeah. I want to do that, you know? Sure. I want to win a million dollars. So how many fighters got a million? Um, six. Wow. Six fighters got a million dollars last year. So um, there it is. Six champions, million dollars each. Yeah, and this year will be six six millionaires again. Um, the The way that the season plays out, like I said, you you fight the first round of the regular season. When you come in, we're going into the second round of the regular season now. So on on the eighth on July eighth, I'm sorry, July eleventh, on Thursday night, we're going to be in Atlantic City. We have the women, and we have um, the women 155 pounders, and then we have the men welterweights, and. So this is a fight that I'm really excited about, right? Uh, Magomed Magomed Karamov, he won last season, but then Chris Curtis came into the PFL, and he won his first fight. Magomed won his first fight, got six points. Chris Curtis got four points, got a third-round stoppage, and he called out Magomed Karamov. He called out the champion from last year, so he wants to go into this next fight fighting the champion. I'm like, why would you do that? Because if you lose that, you're not making it into the playoffs. You lose right. your opportunity a million dollars. But like that, 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 that bravado of being a fighter and wanting you know you want to you want to knock the best guy off right you always want the best guy but to call him out in a fashion where where it 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 threatens your potential like he has to perform right he has to perform now Mm -hmm. so like that fight really interests me because magomed karamov is really good he can do everything like he's one of those guys who doesn't look like you know his body type he doesn't look like the kind of guy will smash you but he will like, did you see Ray Cooper last year? Mm-hmm. Like Ray be- Cooper the second. Ray Cooper the second. That's right? what's crazy is that Jake Shields fought his dad. Yeah. And him. And him and fought him twice. That was what was kind of fucked up. I watched both those fights. I was like, damn, they're making Jake Shields fight this dude again. They didn't make him do it. <laughs> I know. They didn't make him do it. But he fucked Jake up and then he fucked him up again a couple months later. Yeah. How many months later was it? Like three or four like three months? three months. Yeah. The that, seating. That's rough. But a a, K, a bad KO like that from the same guy, and then you fight. I mean, he didn't have any answers for that dude. Like th- to fight a guy like Ray, who was uh, I believe he was state champion Hawaiian wrestler, yep. right? And who does he have some fucking heavy hands? He's like the Mike Tyson of like 
welterweights. In, and in for welterweight, he's fairly short. He's like 5'7". Yep. He just throws fucking bricks. Well, so does John Howard, though. John Howard's got some fucking bombs in his hands. Yeah, I like that fight, too. Yeah, very interesting fight. That's a very good fight. Now, with that fight, I, <clears throat> because Ray hits a lot, John Howard does have some bombs in his hands. I think um, Ray has more power, though. You know, mm. I feel like Howard's going to have to stick and move, use those leg kicks, and try mm-hmm. to slow him down. You, you, you can't, you can't go out there trying to take Ray Cooper out early. Well, John's been around a long time too. John, John has had a long career. Yeah, you know, I mean, how old is John now? I think John is probably like thirty-three now. He's at least at maybe least. thirty-five. He was in the UFC a long time ago. Uh, my is thirty-six. Oh 36. wow! Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's been in some crazy wars, you know. He's been in some wars. He's a black. He like he's he just got his black belt, mm-hmm. um, and that's <clears throat> the only guy who beat Ray Cooper last season. You know, Magomed Mag Karamov beat him by submission. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's that's the best the best option for a lot of guys facing him because he has so much power. Now, all these are on NBC Sports. Is that what they're doing? ESPN two. ESPN two now. ESPN two oh. and ESPN plus. Okay, well that's that's right. That's that's new to this year, right? That's new to this year. Last that's year very we exciting. Sports. That's yeah. very exciting. Yeah. So ESPN Plus, which also has the UFC, and put it on ESPN as well. That's yeah. great. Yeah, that's so good, man. That ESPN is stepping into MMA like this. I love it. It's huge because I thought this last year when the UFC signed with ESPN, I was like, like that's a great thing because a lot of times the UFC, when fight fans watch the UFC, they only. They only think of the UFC as, as mixed martial arts. I'm sorry. They think of mixed martial arts as the UFC. Right. You know, people ask you, train UFC? You know what right, I mean? Right, right. But, um, <laughs> but like ESPN being the worldwide leader in sports, I've seen like highlights on ESPN from Ryzen, from, mm-hmm. you know, from Japan, from one. Yeah. From all these different, from, from some small promotions. And it's like that helps the sport grow. That helps people recognize that this is just, there's not only one avenue for the sport and these these guys do have to cut their teeth somewhere and also there are some other organizations where where you can get some quality fights some really good fighters um and, and I, money and money yeah like i like there being a lot more options for guys where the money's concerned i'm very happy about that i mean that's how they lured sage over to one fc and also eddie alvarez and mighty mouse you know yeah like, but it's a different world when there's no weight cutting you know, I am a, just such a giant fan of that no what weight cutting deal, the way they're doing it over at One FC. It's okay. So, what exactly are they doing? You, you, you hydration tests. And how 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 far out before the fight? I don't know. I don't know how they're doing it, but it's, what, what it was explained to me is they essentially say if you were the 170 pound champion, they bump you up to like 185. Yeah. They're like, look, you're going to fight 185 now. There's no weight cutting. We're going to test you. We're going to test your weight. We're going to test your hydration. We're going to we're gonna know what your real weight is. So like, this is your real weight. Your real weight is 185 pounds. You're dropping 15 pounds of water to get to 170, but we both know that when you get into that octagon, you're going to be 185 pounds. So let's just cut the shit and have you never drop down to 170 and just say you're a 185 pound fighter, which is what they, I mean, you stand next to guys like Kamaru Usman, you're like, how are you 170? That doesn't make any sense. Or, or Yoel, who's the craziest version. Yeah. Yoel is so big. He's so big. His fucking neck starts at the top of his head <laughs> and his, his shoulders, they meet the traps in the middle. You know, it's like, doosh, doosh, doosh. He's just this mammoth of a man. And the idea that that guy is 185 pounds is 
bananas. I remember Tim Tebow, those those kinds of guys. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man. yeah. And and these guys are still muscular the entire yeah. time. I don't know how Glayson did it all those years. Glayson was walking around well over one ninety and getting down to one fifty five. Not even, man. Like I'd see Tebow in the gym and it's like, Tebow, what do you wear right now? He's like, Oh my friend, one one ninety, one ninety five. Like, <laughs> get on the scale. No, no, no. Like, he's not doing that, you know? He he's easy like 205, 210. Really? 205, T-Bow. 210, he would get down to 155. He's so big. How did he do it? I don't know. Sheer force of will? Yeah, that's so I've I've seen him at weight cuts just like laid out. Like we, we fought on a couple of cards together also, you know, and he's just like laid out and he he has to be carried out of the room, you know. Oh of course, God. you have to walk up to the scale on your own. But um, That's so insane that you let a guy do that and then they fight. A day later, and yeah, the next day. Like, but you wouldn't, you wouldn't let somebody recover from the flu. Like, say, right. oh, I feel better. The temperature's down. You wouldn't let them fight the next day, right? You know, they'd probably be healthier. Yeah, <laughs> much healthier. <laughs> I don't know. It's it's the dumbest thing in all combat sports in terms Weight of cut. Yeah, but like, it could be avoided. So you think the one? There's no, I I'm because I haven't been in the position. I don't know. How you work the system right. with the one FC system? I would like to talk to Chatri. Chatri, uh, Chatri is the one who set it all up. I mean, it's, it's his organization, and he. I think he's the leader in terms of the safety and uh, and also fairness. Because I think that what weight cutting is. I mean, look, everybody's doing it, so it's not like everybody is ethically compromised. But I think it's cheating. I think it's legal cheating. That's what I think it is. If you're pretending. You weigh 125 pounds like Mighty Mouse does. He doesn't really weigh 125. He weighs like 140. Yeah, 140 140 something. You know, that's what he really weighs. And the thing is, when he's fighting over in 1FC, those are the guys he's actually fighting. He's fighting guys his size. Yeah. So the guys that really did a great job of cutting weight, they do have a significant advantage once they get into that octagon. But I don't think that's a fair advantage. There's some guys that do it really well, too. Yeah. Really well. Some guys are excellent at it. Yeah. Some guy, Yoel, he's excellent. Even though he's missed a couple of times. The, some Those guys, they just, the advantage is so spectacular. How does James Vick make 155? That's a good point. He's a tall fella. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of those guys. How Paul Felder? Paul Felder's yeah. a fucking gorilla. He's, How's yeah. he get down to 155? He's so thick. Yeah. Yeah. He's broad, man. I remember when Dustin was making 145. Mm-hmm. Crazy. You know? He looks like he's having a hard time making 55 now. But look, man, the difference between him at 45 and 55 is pretty significant. So with Dustin, like I, I, I'm, I'm kind of biased because he's one of my sure, best friends, right? of course. But um, you see how Max, Max dominated a lot of guys at 45. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the, all the, the, you know, you talk about Max is like now, he, now he's the greatest. Now he's the greatest at 145, he may he may be the goat. He may be greater than Jose Aldo. Mm-hmm. Like that's an argument that people can make. Well, now, he right? beat him twice, right? And although he beat him later in his, his career, career, right? Jose's not 50 years old. He was in his early 30s. Yeah, and he was still he was still the number one guy. He was still yeah. dominating everybody else. Yep. Right. Or except at least Connor. beating everybody else except yeah. Connor. Um, <laughs> but like the way Max beat those guys, beat Ortega, beat Jose twice. Um, and then Dustin's having these tough fights. He's, he's, he's fighting these same guys. He's fighting Gage. He's fighting Eddie. Um, he's, he's winning them. Um, he's convincingly winning them. But um, when he fights Max, like Max 
the the fight is Dustin's fight is the same fight that he had with Gaethje. It's the same as far as competitiveness, right? Mm-hmm. Max was still in there, but Dustin wins these. But like, I just like this is where my bias kicks in. I'm like, give that man some credit, man. Like, I I mean, I know everybody loves Dustin. I mean, not everybody, but people love Dustin. They appreciate the way he fights. They appreciate his style. But I'm like, man, he's he's taken out like champions, mm-hmm. he's taken out champions. Gaethje was a champion. He was in World Series, but he was a champion. Yeah, he took out Eddie, champion. Yep, you know Max, champion. He's like all these guys. He's beaten Sergio Pettis. I mean Andre Anthony Pettis, mm-hmm. champion. You know, it's just champion after champion. He also champion. rises to the occasion. He fought better against Max than any other fight he ever fought in his career. That's the thing about him, though. Like he just. He's he's like he's like the cream, you know. Mm-hmm. He's he's he rises. That that's 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 why mm-hmm. that's why his nickname is the Diamond, you know. What do you think happens when he fights Khabib? <sighs> yeah, this this that's is the one. That's the fight. Like that's the fight. Like that's. I mean, Khabib is the guy. Khabib is definitely the guy. And um, I was talking to him about it. I so I'm st- I started a new podcast. I um I got What's a it podcast. Sup fam. Sup fam. <laughs> Sup, fam with Eve Edwards. Yeah, like I know. And I just just released it today. It's on on, on um on my YouTube. It I, just started today. Yeah. Well, I just released the first episode. Today, oh, all right. right. Um, and Dustin's my first guest. Oh, and perfect. So, so I was out there with him last week. And we were just hanging out. And we talked about some of that. But like, what do I think happens? <sighs> this is a tough fight. This like it's the toughest fight everybody's going to get. Right. Um. I I absolutely understand and agree that Khabib should be going in as the favorite, right? Um, I want, of course, I want Dustin to win this fight. The every round starts on the feet. Dustin's got to make smart moves every single time because when Khabib takes him down, it's it's almost it's virtually impossible to get back to your feet. Mm. Right, um, and that's where Khabib is going to want this fight to happen. Um, Dustin's going to have his opportunities, but. Like, is he going to be able to stop that wrestling consistently enough to make this fight happen where it's best for him? And that's the hardest thing. He's got a good training camp. He's got really good people there with him. He's got Mike Brown there. You know who I want to get with him? Gregor Gillespie. Mm. I want Gregor Gillespie to 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 get with Dustin and just get on top of him for the next two months. Just feel that high-level wrestling. Yeah. Smashing pressure. Just that pressure, 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 and get comfortable working out of it, working under there, protecting yourself, doing that. Would he be interested in... I mean, he might fight him down the road, though. It's possible. Yeah. Right? Um, But, like, Tyron and Robbie trained together a long time ago. Uh, that's true. Know? Yeah, I mean, that's how you get better. Right? Yeah. Like, it's, it's, it's one of those things where it's like... <sighs> You you got to sometimes you got to trade with a potential rival or mm-hmm. you know not an enemy but right. um, but like iron sharpens iron yep you know? and sometimes you you gotta you have to go with somebody that's a possible matchup in the future it just yeah, especially is. if you're going to fight a guy who has that same style and I think you nailed it too because Gregor Gillespie is probably when you get past Khabib the scariest wrestler in the division. Yeah, I mean, he's a guy that gets on top of people and just smashes them. And he's relentless with his with mm-hmm. his wrestling. Also, he's a guy who's not going to get tired. He's going to put that pressure on. You. He's going to come forward. And once he gets a hold of you, if you don't use perfect technique to escape and get that distance back, he's just going to chain wrestle and mm-hmm. chain wrestle. There's there's no there's no stopping until you're down. Until yep. he scores his two, there's there's the, the takedown is still happening. Yeah, he's got some fucking relentless strength and conditioning sessions too that he puts on his Instagram. You watch it and you go, oh, this is why this guy doesn't get tired. Fuck. 
that guy doesn't get tired because he's he's obsessed. Yeah. Like um he he runs he runs like five minute miles. Does he really? Like he'll run like six of them. Jesus straight. Christ. Like he like he will he will run like he'll run eight miles and he'll keep the ball under six minutes. So he'll run six miles and a half an hour. Yeah. Fuck. He can do that. <laughs> Fuck, like man. he's crazy. Wow, that's crazy. That's he's like crazy that's high level marathon yeah. pace, right? Yeah, like people people don't people don't know some of the things about about these guys. Like like there was a point where training with these guys, I was just like, all right, man, I'm too old to be doing that. I can't, <laughs> like I can't, I just can't keep up with that. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and that was one of them. And Gregor, like we were on this Nike running app together, and um. Like I, I had to delete him off my thing because like my t- I, I was getting like discouraged. Like I'm not trying to beat that, <laughs> you know. That's hilarious. Like for yeah. real, you should go fishing with him. I, I want to go fishing with that dude. He's I want to take him fishing it. in the Bahamas. Oh, that's a good spot, like, right? Op- yeah. yeah, like yeah. and line fishing, not not like with a rod. I, we we fish a lot of line fishing. Okay, just with your hands. Yeah, yeah, and um, that's and then, wild when you feel the fish on the line. Oh, and you're just fighting and pulling. Oh, I love that. It's fun. I mean, there there's some fish like I'm not pulling up a grouper like that. You now, know? why do you why do you prefer line fishing with your hands? Just because it's the old school way? Just just because it's the way I grew up. Right, I knew it, you right, know? right. Um, like when we when we get like my cousin, I told you about who's who, you know, free dives. Like he'll spear fish. Mm-hmm. So I remember once I was a little kid and um, he was out with his dad. He was spear fishing and he missed the fish and he <laughs> smacked the turtle. Oh, I thought he was going to say his hand. <laughs> no, no, he he, he, <laughs> sma- he hit the, the, his spear hit a turtle. Turtle took off with his spear. Oh no! <laughs> so stuck in him. Yeah, I mean, it's potentially some turtle out there in the ocean right now. The spear stuck in him. This is like <laughs> thirty years ago. Those things live forever. They do live forever. <laughs> I so, wonder if it survived, it calcified over the the spear point. Yeah, I've never been spear fishing, but it looks like a hell of a lot of fun. I have. I've never spearfished like inside. I've you know I play with them on land, mm-hmm. um, and of course it's with the with the with the what's that the rubber you know mm-hmm. like kind of like a slingshot the cord, yeah, yeah the bungee cord. So that one was cool, but um, of course they have the guns. I would like to use a spear gun, but I like um, I don't know. You you kind kind of have to earn that right. I feel I, yeah. I I, uh, I I gotta I gotta go free diving with, with Curly and do some of that. What's the longest you think you could hold your breath underwater? Um, so we used to have this thing as a kid where I was, where we'd say we try to blow the pool and, um, I, I can, I can swim an Olympic level. Well, I have swam an Olympic length pool staying underwater. Right. But how long does but that take? Like, that probably seconds? took me like, nah, that probably took me like 40, 45 seconds. And then also you're swimming. Yeah. You're so exerting. You're, so, yeah. But um, but like he, like I'm telling you, he goes down and he's under the water for easily three minutes. You know who's supposed to be insane at that is Egan. Egan, anyway. I heard about that. I heard he could I do heard like six that. minutes, seven minutes. Yeah, I. It's like I don't know. Maybe he's from sucking up a choke. You know. I think it's just practice. I think you just practice free diving. And Hawaiians, they do that crazy workout. There was a member one of the countdown shows, and BJ was supposed to be fighting George St. Pierre. They had him doing his strength and conditioning in the water where he would dive underwater and pick up a rock and, and move it and drop it yeah. and swim to the surface and drive, dive down again and pick up the rock, like a big-ass rock, and move it. And that was part of his strength and conditioning. So, like – um. The the I, I was de- I was good with my cardio. There were times when I gassed, but um, 
like when punches are coming at you a lot of people blink a lot of people do that so that like that was my thing i keep my eyes open a long time mm-hmm. you know what i mean so that that's my that whole steer cam thing that, that kind of comes from that <laughs> i just keep my eyes open not blinking um those guys who who do those underwater things how do how do you think that relates to like I understand you can hold your breath longer but how do you think that relates to cardio because you're not your your muscles not working mm-hmm. except to to Carry hold the rock well, the idea is the, the doing the rock thing, like lo- moving and carrying the rock while you're underwater. I don't know, man. I don't know enough about it. But I know I had Laird Hamilton on recently. You know, he's a big-time surfer. And uh, one of the things that he's doing now, with, he has this whole program where they're doing weights in the water. So they're, they're doing, like, heavy dumbbells, and they, they'll bring them to the bottom of the water. And uh, you have to take the dumbbell, swim with it to the top, catch a breath of air, and then you go back down again. And there's there's also doing some where they're taking like a you know like a seventy pound dumbbell, you hold it to your chest, and you're swimming through the water while you're trying to carry this dumbbell. And you know, ex- extremely difficult to do. The thing is, how much is that applicable to fighting? That's what I don't know. Because I remember when I was like real heavily into jujitsu at one point in time. I didn't do any striking for like like a whole year. I didn't even hit pads. And then but I was in really good jujitsu shape. I was rolling a lot. And then I went to hit pads. I was like, God damn it, why am I gassing out so quick? This is crazy. It's a different shape, right? Yeah, it's a different shape. I don't I always I'm always concerned about that or curious about that anyway, because because of all those different aspects of it, um, mm-hmm. you know, there are there are times when when you when you're grabbing onto something, holding onto something, and you and then you get back to your feet, and all that lactic acid yeah. builds up in your arms, and your arms are slow, but like you still feel your conditioning feels good, mm-hmm. but you just feel heavy. Yeah. But um, there's those times also when you're you're grappling, and then you get back to your feet, and then it's like your arms don't feel tired, but it's like it feels it's a di- I don't know I don't is it because you're holding your breath. And maybe that's what going on the water is for. I don't know. You know, the people that that trained BJ for in the prime of his career was uh, Marv Marinovich. Do you remember that? Yeah, I remember that name. They 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 had these ridiculous plyometric drills they had him doing, and their attitude. And Nick Curson is one of their proteges, and he still sort of has the same philosophy. Their attitude is that you already know how to fight. Like, you're already a skillful fighter. When you get to the UFC, if you have eight weeks to get ready for a fight or 12 weeks to get ready for a fight, the most important thing is your gas tank. And that you should concentrate on these fucking preposterous plyometric drills and strength and conditioning drills and just get your body so you have the biggest fucking gas tank possible. And then all your skills, you just drill. Like, that shouldn't have any any effect, like, cardio-wise. Like, if you're doing drills as far as, like, striking, grappling, combination drills, or whatever you're doing, like, those things should almost be secondary to your strength and conditioning. That's, yeah. That's their attitude. I, I kind of agree with that. I mean, there's a point where, yeah, you can always improve technique-wise. But, but are you going to do that in an eight-week camp? Right. Right. No, like you do that. You do that in your downtime. Right. You, know, you do that when you're not in camp. When right. camp comes, it's all about being ready to fight for as yeah. long as you need to, as hard as you can. And I think their attitude also is that this way you're doing way less sparring, way less opportunity to get hurt. And mostly it's these crazy plyo drills, box jumps and all this crazy shit, medicine ball stuff, all this, all this stuff where you just explode, 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 explode. Everything is just go, 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 so that your body's just used to that. So that when you get into a fight, your body has this insane gas tank. And 
they might. I mean, there's something to it because those were BJ's best days. The Sean Shirk fight, the Diego Sanchez fight. That was prime BJ Penn when he was the motherfucker of motherfuckers. That was what was up. I mean, he was he was training with the Marinoviches. Did you did you see that video of him beating up the bouncer recently? Sad. That's sad. He's obviously having a real tough time, man. I didn't. I just saw the video. I don't know how it happened. I don't know what's. Yeah, he's just inside control with flip flops on. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like, I'm, but I'm, here's my thing. I I don't know the situation that led to it. I only saw that he's on top of the guy, and I'm right. like, and I'm like, this is in Hawaii. Like, who picks a fight with BJ Penn in Hawaii? Or who yeah. who even like steps to BJ Penn in Hawaii? I mean, I understand if 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 there was I don't know the situation. If it's like BJ, you got to leave, and he's not listening. You try to get BJ's friends to go, like talk yeah. to your guy, man, get him out of here. Right. But like you don't you, you don't go toe to toe with BJ Penn, right? Seems stupid. It's, it's just yeah. a bad choice. I don't get it. Hey, did Max Holloway is he the one who started the bottle cap challenge? Do we know that for a fact? I he was so the first one I saw. I'm so tired of seeing people kick bottle caps. I off. saw. I was gonna say there's something different about his is that. The cap stayed on the bottle. Everyone else is just kicking the cap off. I, kept I it think on that and was it just kept spinning. Coincidental. I know, but that that might be to the bottle of Tito's. I think that he used, but like mm. that's a little more impressive than some of the other people just knocking it off or yeah. slightly, slightly. But it's not that big of a listen, deal. Either, I, right? I'm with Jamie on that one. Listen, there's a reason why so many people are doing it. It's <laughs> not that hard. It's just not that hard. You throw a wheel kick like this. You just like get someone to hold it, get someone to hold it tight, and the wheel kick yeah. goes like this. And you have the bottle cap barely on, so the bottle cap is like this, and you just make sure you throw a wheel kick like that. But you don't knock it off. That's Everyone else knocked it off. He kept it on. Well, I think people using b- water bottle caps, which have a shallow set of grooves, yeah. whereas yeah. like the bottle that he used has a, a deeper groove. Would it be more impressive if they showed the whole bottle and that there's not someone holding it, and you like yeah. you only I think so. grazed it's, it? Or I, I guess. Is it anything? I yeah. guess. Not to me, it's, I've way. never even thought once about doing it it's like t- i i know how to throw a wheel kick i'm not gonna do it it's just it seems silly to me like with jason statham's do it and when john mayer did it the, the fucking shark was jumped <laughs> like, oh, but that's that, what max that challenged wasn't it that assassin i think max called him out on it he did he yeah he called out john mayer yeah. why it's like why does justin bieber want to fight tom cruise there's so many questions <laughs> I, I i would watch it <laughs> i would watch it i'd watch it i think tom cruise will and Fuck what? him up with all those crazy voodoo superpowers that he has <laughs> that he got from Scientology. And the aliens. And belief in himself. Man, the fights last weekend. Yeah. Right? I just, I so I didn't want to watch them. I was um I was in Texas and, and I called, there's this ice cream and, and they were in Austin. I was like, they never have it. And they had it one time. I, 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 was, I drove from Houston to Austin to get some ice cream. Really? Yeah. You drove from Houston to Austin. <laughs> That's like three hours. Yeah. You drove three hours for ice cream. I did. Oh my God. You're embracing the fatness. <laughs> <laughs> it was worth it, man. Now I know why you're making all these jokes about your weight. You're like, get, get ready to, for people to see you in the later stage James Tony career. Remember? <laughs> yup. I, I don't, I don't want to be James Tony. I want to still be able to take off my shirt, but man i had to go get it but oh, wow but, but i did watch the fights and i watched the main card francis is fucking terrifying right he's cr- fucking terrifying like when when jds missed yeah uh, like you can't you can't make mistakes against him because you nope. take one and that could be it well i felt like jds was doing pretty good in the beginning with the leg, leg kicks, kicks like yeah. that's what you need to do with francis you need to just keep moving and kick those legs yeah It'd be interesting to see if, uh, well, I mean, obviously, Alistair was the most elite striker, for the most decorated striker in the whole division. 
and one of the most decorated strikers ever. And Francis still nuked him. He just oh. nukes guys. All he has to do is hit you, man. Crazy. You saw um um I can't say his last name. Champion Dalla is his nickname. He fought on the undercard. I think he was Cameroonian also. I didn't see the undercard. The only thing oh. I saw was the uh, Francis fight. This guy looks like if you take Tyron Woodley and made him bigger, stronger, faster. What? What's his name? Dala Lugiambu. I can't. I don't know his last name. I can't pronounce it. Mm. But um, is he a new uh, acquiree? I think this was his debut. Oh, and. He look. I, I, I honestly, I, I would like to see him and Alonzo Menafield at some point. Um, they, they both look. They're both like. It would be like watching like two GI Joe figures. You know, <laughs> like just like getting in there and going. To town. Do you know that heavyweight that fights in one FC? They call him the Panther. He just did the bottle cap challenge too. He did like a hook kick and then a wheel kick with a different leg. No. He, uh, he's this dude who is another one of those preposterous looking fellows. That just unbelievably jacked, and a heavyweight. What do you? Got? Okay, here it is. We're gonna see the. This is the the highlight. Oh yeah. Oh my God, he's fast. Yeah, I see what you're saying. And he's just so big mm. and powerful. But he's light heavyweight. White heavyweight. Light heavyweight. Light heavy. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's well. That's interesting because this fucking weight class needs some new blood. That's for sure. I mean, yep. That's a wrap. Quick. Damn. I'm oh, like I, I'm like debut. I'm like man. You want to come make a million dollars? How many f- contracts? I mean, these contracts. How many fights do they put them under? Um, you just for the year. So I, to to get to the million, it's five fights. And if you win, do you have to stay in the PFL you for a certain amount of time? Stay. You do not no? have to. Um, I don't actually. When it comes to that, I don't know the details on champions, but I know that the semifinalist. Um, have returned, mm-hmm. so I haven't read everyone's contract or anyone's contract really. But um, thinking that the semifinals returned, I don't know if there's a, a right to first refusal in the contract for the season. Mm-hmm. But um, that's a good question. I, I need to know that. Do you like the whole point scoring format thing? Do you think just it's a good added element? I like it. Um, I like it because, and not necessarily because it changes how people's fight. People fight uh, fighting. In this organization, though, I believe you kind of you're, you're a little more loose. You know what I mean? You you show up and you know you have to win. You try to win and you try to win. Like you don't just try to get the W. You mm. know there there's there's a lot of fights sometimes when it's like you're on the bubble and it's like you're fighting very cautious. You know, um, I feel like with this rule set, you get to just be yourself out there. You every you always want to win, so you're mm. always going to fight to win. But you don't necessarily change your style to to play again play the rules. You know, hmm. you just you're just gonna fight the way you fight. Hmm. The only thing that concerns me is that it's a little complicated. Like the pay, paying attention to all for of it. The, for the fans. Yeah, the points and all that jazz. So, I, I understand why you would say that. But if you're watching the the broadcast, like you know, you got me, Sean, Randy. Um, behind the desk and we're, we're trying to keep people updated with the points and, and mm-hmm. how that works and and it's it's really not that hard who's sean sean o'connell oh so, so he's got, doing commentary so now. he's doing commentary he now. was he, a radio guy right yeah he was a radio guy for um on oh, no, a serious like a sports think, radio yeah, guy and he's i think he still it's has crazy. that program yeah 
Good for him. Yeah. That's like amazing. He's, and he's now he's a millionaire. Diver- like he's a millionaire and he's diversified his portfolio. And he retired. He retired from fighting. Um, and now he's in the booth with Randy That's amazing. And, and he's, I, I think he's a pretty good play-by-play guy, especially as, as a former fighter. Not a lot of play-by-play guys are former fighters. Yeah. You know? That's right. It's yeah. usually color. Yeah. And he, um, he fought well in the UFC, too. He's yeah. a tough guy. Yeah, I mean, and and it's weird. I always make fun of him. I always tell him, like, you fight like Homer Simpson, but your fight IQ is higher. <laughs> <laughs> Why say it fights like Homer Simpson? Because he takes so many shots, man. Uh. He just, like, stands in front of you and just trades punches. But, like, like he, he had to use his brain to be Vinny. You know what mm, I mean? Yeah. Um, because Vinny takes you down and gets on top. He's he's gonna grind grind himself to submission. Yeah. But um, with Sean, he was he was you know he backed away from from the because all of his other fights all season were were the Homer Simpson fights. <laughs> you know, like he got hit sometimes, but he just came back and bombed on you and and knocked everybody out. He lost every first round that he fought. Um, one of them he lost the entire fight, but um. Every other fight that he fought, he lost the first round and then came back and, and just, just bombed on guys. Um, even with Vinny, he lost the first round, you know? Mm. But um, but as far as the points go with that, you have us communicating how the points work. Mm-hmm. And it. I remember being in your position before the season started thinking, oh, the points thing, is it's going to be weird. It's going to throw people off. But legit, you see that play out one time, it's like, oh. It's simple. It makes sense. Mm-hmm. You know, you start watching guys like, so this next round of fights coming up on the 11th, then on the 25th, then August 8th, we have the different weight, two weight classes per show, right? And um, so we start with the women's lightweights and the welterweights. Then we have the featherweights and the men's lightweights. And then we have the light heavies and the heavies. So on those dates. But when um, when you think about the points, right, you understand that, like these guys are on the bubble. You're watching it like like the NFL playoffs when when you know the last two weeks of the playoffs is like this guy needs to beat this guy, but mm-hmm. this guy has to finish before this time. You know, if he can get this win in the second round in less than two and a half minutes, then he's in the playoffs. But if it goes past two and a half, he's out. Mm-hmm. You know? So you but like we're we're communicating that right. through each fight, especially in the this second round of the regular season. But um you wa- you're watching that because these guys know that also. You right, know? right. So, right. so some some of that like it's weird because in in a fight you're not thinking about anything else but the guy in front of you. Mm-hmm. But you go in there with that mentality. That's already on the board. You don't have it, there's a pin in that. You know, you don't have to right. think about it consciously, but it's in your subconscious at some point. And you you play to that. Um, but even if you get out of that, if you get beyond that, then you still there's, there's the pride thing. And this is a, a format that didn't exist with the PFL. Or with, with the, the w- World, Series. World Series of Fighting, no. rather. No. This so is a new format. This is a new so format. So that's why they changed the name. They changed the name. They changed the name just before they introduced this format. Mm. But um, I believe that the name has changed going into this format. I think they had one event as the Professional Fighters League without this seasonal format. I don't know, man. I might be too old school. You might be too old school, <laughs> but if you, you say that, like you got to try it. Like yeah. you, you're a fight fan. Yeah. Like, and I promise you, as a fight fan, you're gonna appreciate it. Okay, tell me what card to watch. What's what's a good upcoming card? The next card is a real one because because the b- besides the women, um, you got Kayla Harrison, judo two time Olympian. She's a beast. She's right. She's a beast. She's a beast. But she she needs to get a finish to guarantee herself a playoff spot because she fought. Her last fight, she fought her toughest opponent who took her to a decision. She she won the fight convincingly, but she couldn't get herself a stoppage. Mm. You know, Sarah Kaufman is um 
Sarakoffman is sitting at the top of the women's rankings with with a finish. Um, there's some 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 really good women out there too. There are these two kickboxers. They fought each other last time. Bobby Joe DL and Jenna Fabian. They're both built like European kickboxers. They're tall, lanky, long women, and they're legit good kickboxers. They went to toe they went toe to toe with each other. Um, they're fighting in this week. They're not fighting each other, but they're fighting. They Jenna Fabian needs a W to get into the playoffs. So those fights are good. And then of course we have the welterweights. We're talking about. Magomed, Magomed Karimov, and 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 um, Chris Curtis. I don't know if you know Chris Curtis. He he was on he was on um, he was I think he was LFA champion or RFA champion, mm-hmm. and he was on he was on the contenders. He won his fight in contenders. I don't know why he didn't get a contract, but um, he's really really good. He's one of those guys. He's been training with with um, Henderson and those guys for a long time. Now he's in Vegas with um with, with Extreme Couture there, and then the John Howard Ray Cooper fight. That's like as a fight fan, you I know you, mm, you appreciate yeah. that. That's right? an excellent fight. So when is that? That is on July eleventh. Okay. Next Thursday. And on next ESPN two. Okay. And plus. Beautiful. Yeah, I'm around. I'm gonna watch that fight. That I'm, sounds I'm, good. I'm legit gonna when we sit down for the broadcast, I'm texting you. Okay. You got it. Like if you don't I'll respond, I'm gonna, if you don't respond, <laughs> I'm gonna put you on blast on television. <laughs> I'll text you back. I, I say, my, this guy does like on ESPN Plus. We are we're on ESPN Plus, and Joe Rogan is nowhere to be found. Oh, I can't have that happen. I'll be paying attention. All right. Um, so that's uh, uh, so all the fights are going to be on ESPN Plus. All the fights. sometimes when the ESPN two fights, you can't get them on ESPN Plus unless you have it set up. Okay. So a lot of times, so we bounce between ESPN Plus and mm-hmm. two. I don't know the format for the first fight. I can't remember which section of the card is on ESPN two and then on plus. Oh, there it is. There we go. So we're on plus at 5.30 to 8.30 East Coast time. And then on two from 8.30 to 10.30. Okay. That's the, the great the thing time. about ESPN, including with the UFC, is that so many sports fans just have ESPN on automatically. Absolutely. Like I was at a pool hall on Saturday night. Um, I did a show in Baltimore, and then we went to a pool hall. We got there right when Junior was entering into the octagon. It was perfect. Yeah. It was perfect timing. And I was like, "Don't blink, because this fucking probably ain't gonna make it out of the first round." Yeah, that was that was a fight. I was ta- I was telling my grandmother about that fight. Yeah. Like, I'm not I'm not bullshitting you. She was um. It's interesting. Like Francis wants another shot at the title, and you know, it's it's uh, I mean, I don't know why they wouldn't give him another shot at the title. I've, in my my opinion, it's like what you got now is Stipe versus DC. That that irons out who's the champ, yeah. right? And thank God they made that fight. Instead of the Brock Lesnar fight, I mean, I think the Brock Lesnar fight would have been fun, and I want, I love DC. I want him to get paid. I think he sends Brock Lesnar into another dimension. That's what I think happens in that fight, and I think he gets a big payday, and that's all great. But the reality is, the real fight, Stipe. Stipe is the most successful UFC heavyweight champion of all time. The only guy to ever defend the title four times, and the only guy to survive the fucking hurricane that is Francis Ngannou. Yeah. The only guy. Yeah. He figured it out. He figured it out. Just weather the storm, you know, just roll with the punches, kick the legs, jab, move, use your wrestling, wrestle. I mean, but he had to stop. He had to avoid the punches at first. Yeah. And he's got, you know, that was an interesting thing, too. I was thinking the fight with Stipe, with uh, Francis, how much did that take out of Stipe? Because even though he won that fight... When DC knocked him out with one punch, you're like, wow, that's crazy. Like, you don't see Stipe getting knocked out like that. I wonder if he was still suffering from the Ngano fight, which is only like a few months before that. I don't know if he was still suffering from that versus um, 
it's perfect punch too. It, that's that's the thing. Yeah. Um, and DC talked about it. He talked about we saw this being an option in this fight, this being an opportunity yeah. to get this to to land this shot. This and um, he did it. You know that that's the thing. Um, if Francis, anybody, probably anybody with any power, of course, if Francis lands that shot, lights out, lights out also. Yeah. But um, he didn't see it, or and he didn't he didn't have the skill set to provide that opportunity right. either. You know. Right. So I think Grappling I think ones. that's yeah. that that might be more telling than it was such a perfect punch too. Man. You know, he he gets rid of the arm on the left side, and then boom, the right hand comes over. You got like that that kind of thing that makes me appreciate like the fight IQ of a guy like Cormier. Mm. You know what I mean? Because like again, Engano, bigger puncher, like but like he just doesn't have the skill set that DC has. And seeing that, like you remember him talking about that in the post fight. Yeah, like that was something they saw and. To to know that that's there and find that opportunity to make that opportunity happen, you know that's um, that's high level stuff, man. That's, high that's level what, stuff. That's what the best guys do. I'm. I heard that DC looks fantastic in camp. I heard he looks so good, but I'm really interested to see what a motivated, hungry, you know, out for revenge Stepe can do. And like he 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 knows to take that away. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah. Um, is DC. He he kind of got into it. He, he explained exactly what they saw and how they figured to use that against mm-hmm. him. So, like, Stipe is also, like you said, he's the most decorated heavyweight champion. He's the most successful. Um, that success didn't come from, like, not only his skill set, but also his mentality. Yeah. So he has to go back into the gym, break that down, take that out of his game. You know, make that not a not a thing. And also now he knows that the it's the title is everything. You lose the title, people don't even talk about you. Yeah. They stop talking about him. Yeah. You know, I felt ob- obliged. I felt like I had an obligation to talk about Stipe. I'm like, no one's talking about him. Like how are you not talking about the most successful heavyweight champion of all time? Yeah. The guy who who I understand him having to have one fight before getting a rematch, or he could he could have legitimately just got the rematch because of the, of his resume as champion. Yeah. You know, um, I don't know. I, I I I don't like that part of fighting where you're only as good as your last fight. Yeah, no, I don't like it either. I don't. I don't. I just feel like I get the business aspect of it. I get that, but I feel like when a fighter like that, you gotta give him a rematch. Yeah. You have to. He deserves it. He, he's a champion, he it. A, like a legit champion. The guy says he wants a rematch. Set it up. So, quick question: Where that's concerned? When you say that, right? Um, Woodley, like of course, like you had GSP, you had mm-hmm. Matt Hughes. They had long title runs also. But um, the fight with Kamaru, Kamaru was so dominant in that fight. Yeah. Like, what does Woodley need to do to get a rematch? That's an interesting question because it's a different thing, right? Yep. I guess it's a different thing, but is it really? I mean, is it real? Is it really different to dominate a guy than to hit him with one punch? I mean, kinda is, but it's also you're dealing with a guy who is like a, a longtime champion who dominated the division, a guy who you know just blew Darren Till's title shot hopes up into smithereens. You know that was that was the big one, right? Yeah. Like the Darren Till one because. That one was confusing to me. I'm like, how are the how is he the betting favorite? I don't understand it. I get it, he beat Cowboy, and I get he he dropped Wonder Boy, but this is Tyron Woodley's a guy who's battle tested, man. He's been in there with everybody. Yeah. I felt that was a, the one of the weirder believing the hype things in terms of 
like the bookmakers. Yeah, and it worked out well for for, for hardcore fans that yeah. that you know that knew. Yeah, that, you know. But yeah, Dom Camaro was so dominant, and then you got Colby Covington, who still has the the you know the yeah. claim to the interim. Yeah. They took it away they from him. him. But he's fighting Robbie. Yeah, that's that's so. That's a fight. <laughs> That's a fight I'm interested in because, like, we all used to train together. Mm-hmm. You know, there was a, when 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 Robbie was getting ready for Johnny Hendricks. Remember, Kobe's mm-hmm. a wrestler, yeah, and he's a southpaw, right? You know, um, it was years ago, and Kobe's grown a lot since then. But I mean, those guys spent a lot of time on the mat together a couple of years ago. You know, how do those training sessions go? I can't tell you that. Yes, you can. <laughs> you don't even work for the organization anymore. <laughs> Yeah, but but like one of them's acquaintance and okay. another's a good friend. Blink twice if Robbie fucked him up. <laughs> a steer cap. <laughs> I like you know what I like about it. Uh, Robbie looked physically fantastic in his last fight. Yeah, and I know he lost to Ben Askren. It was a he crazy, got, yeah. controversial lost, but... situation. I don't know, man. I went over it with Herb Dean. We watched the fight again when Herb was in here. I'm, I kind of believe him. I kind of the way his arm just dropped like that. I'm like that seems like he was out. I I believe that Herb. Um, Felt he was out. I mm-hmm. don't think Robbie was out. I think he was out for a second. You think so? Yeah, I think he was out for a second, and I think when Herb came over, then Ben let let the choke. I'm gonna watch up. that again in slow motion. But like, you don't come back from a choke instantly. Well, you do if he was letting the choke up while you were fighting. So if if Herb's coming over and he thinks Robbie's out and he starts to let up, and then the blood rushes to the brain, and then Herb stops the fight and he lets it go, and then he's up like nothing happened. Depends on how long you've been out. If you're out for only a second, it depends. It depends on how tight the choke is. Yeah. Is the blood kind of getting in there and then not getting in there? I'm going to leave it alone because now we're getting into conjecture. I can't, yes. you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like we're Good just point. guessing point. now. Yeah, it was disappointing. But also, if he just put him to sleep, that would have been definitive. But it was just, it was so confusing. We thought he was out and then he wasn't out. And we were like, what? And then we, the, most people thought they had to run it back. Most people. Yeah. I thought so too. Yeah. I'm surprised they're not, but I, I that I'm down for him and Masvidal. Yes, I like that fight. Yes, I like that fight a lot because Masvidal can wrestle. Masvidal can wrestle, and he's super crafty, and he's mean as fuck. He's a mean man, you know. <laughs> I'm I'm not gonna lie, man. I'm gonna tell you, of all the people I've trained with, I think overall, when you put the entirety of the of mixed martial arts to, is together. Masvidal might be the best. Really? Like he like his boxing is some of the best in the sport of mixed martial arts. He he's not a kickboxer, but he's confident and comfortable with all the kicks. Wrestling, his wrestling is way beyond a guy who never wrestled. Like, you know, it's it's mm-hmm. like he's he's like division one level, you know, at the very least. And then his jujitsu, people sleep on his jujitsu, man. Masvidal is legit on the ground. Um, the first day I went into American Top Team, we had fought each other before, and I figured, nah, this guy's horrible on the ground. We just go. But like, I was like, I was surprised. And this was like twelve years ago, 10, 12 mm. years ago, you know. And he's yeah. and he's 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 day in day out. He's a worker. Like he's constantly working on his craft. He's constantly working to get better. Um, ben Askren, you know, he's got the ground. He's you know he's got the wrestling. Um, but but Masvidal's defensive wrestling is is, is Askren going to be able to you know maul him like he's done to everybody else? And he's got to close that distance. He's got to close that There's, distance. I mean, and the on the feet, Masvidal has a giant advantage. Just giant. 
He's good got a, footwork. Yeah. Great hands. But Askren has this crazy way of getting a hold of people. Even Robbie, even after Robbie was blasting his brains into another dimension, he still got up and was grabbing Robbie. It's like he has this ability to grab people and hold on to people. Like if you watch his, the Douglas Lima fight yeah. or the Koroshkov fight in, in Bellator, you're like, Jesus Christ. Like he he ragdolls people. It's weird. And he hold, Yeah, he's hard to get away from. Mm-hmm. He's very hard to get yeah. away from. I remember when I first met Ben, he um, I watched, he went to this tournament. He used to do tournaments in, in college just to get more pins so he could have like the pin record. So he got the pin record for um for Missouri for the University of Missouri. Um, he used to, but he would also with other high level wrestlers. He would just like let people take him down or let people in on his legs so that he can get into these scrambles with that funk stuff that he does. Yeah, it's, <laughs> he asked Dean Thomas one time. He's wrestling on that same trip. He's wrestling with Dean, and he just stops everything. He's like, "Do you know how to sprawl?" Like, like, like Dean didn't even know what a sprawl was because his wrestling is so good. And he just touched, he was touching us and we were falling over. You know what I mean? Wow. His wrestling is that good. Well, that makes it even more impressive what Jordan Burroughs did to him. When Jordan Burroughs and him had that wrestling match, like there's levels. And he said it afterwards, he put it on his Instagram, there's levels to this. And there is because he just ran him over. Right through him. Like power doubles isn't and it, everything. Isn't it crazy just when you think about that a guy who's uh, the elite of the elite in wrestling is so much better than the elite of the elite of, in wrestling and MMA. In MMA, yeah. It is so much better. Yeah. But would he have still been able to do that the same way if Ben was only wrestling That's a big years? question. It's hard to say because Jordan's so good. Yeah. He's so dominant. It's hard to say. Are you talking about what? Two-time Olympic champion? Yeah. And he's, what, like? unbelievably explosive too and he worked you ever seen his workouts yeah. all plyos drills explosive drills and he's just all about closing that distance with just ferocious energy boom that just, dude crosses that distance woo! like it's not even there god damn he's like good. he teleports i was hoping he was going to get into mma but it doesn't seem like he wants to no i um i honestly when he was still in school so one of my buddies lynn oding he was reaching out this is how i met tyron he was reaching out to to, to division one wrestlers for me to help me with my wrestling after the joe stevenson fight because i was like i can't wrestle right and um jordan burroughs was one of the guys that he reached out to and he was just not interested in mma at that point mm. he, he was like i'm going to the olympics um I'm going to wrestle. He had no interest. I don't know where that stands now because the sport is bigger. There's more money in it. Yeah. But he's still having so much success wrestling. Right. And who knows how much time, if any, he's put into striking. Yeah. But like that IQ of his, as far as wrestling Mm -hmm. and that that athleticism, you know, he's a hard worker. Oh, yeah. It will apply if he dedicates himself to it. But if he hasn't at all. He's so far behind the eight ball. Like yeah. if he jumps in now with zero striking, you know, like how long would it take before he gets to a comfortable level of striking where he can hang in there? You know, like remember Kamaru, Kamaru when he first started fighting was really just a wrestler. Yeah. But then you really saw in the Tyron fight when he, he almost stopped Tyron on the feet. He's, his striking is legit now. His fight with Maria, Marias, yeah, Sergio Marais, mm-hmm. that was where I started to recognize his striking's improving. Like, yeah. And you could see it. If you watch his fights from then, you can see it each time, a vast improvement in his striking. But what I like about that is his wrestling 
didn't really fade. His right. wrestling still stayed sharp. Yeah. And that's that's where I like I'm like, how do you do that? Because there's only so much hours in a day. Well, it's also crazy with him is he can't run. His knees are so fucked up. I didn't know that. He talked to he doesn't even care to talk he doesn't mind talking about it. He's like, Joe, my knees were so fucked up, I'd have to walk on the grass because I couldn't walk on the concrete because it hurt too much. How do you fight at that level? Like, if you can't I, I, run. I don't understand. Well, he just does, like, airdyne, bike. And but, I mean, how do you even, how do they even work inside the octagon if you can't run on <sighs> Tough. Just tough. Unbelievable mental toughness. I mean, I think he, he gets in there, he just forces his body to do whatever he wants it to do. Did you ask him if he feels it. any pain when he's, yeah. when he's fighting? He's in, in his pain knees? all the time. Wow. Yeah. Wow. You, never, you never see it. Well, you know he had a broken foot in that fight. Yeah. But that's the kind of, there's like a mindset that some people have, yeah. the champion mindset. With the, All that stuff means nothing. And he had hernias. He had hernia surgery after the fight. I mean, what the fuck, man? That's yeah. That's that's some different. That's some different shit, it's man. Like Jordan Burrow says there's levels. There's levels yeah. to the mental game too. It's yeah. like some guys can just push through everything, and some guys will find a reason why they have to get out. Yeah, you know. Yeah, there's there's that being in that moment, and um, like now now means everything. Mm -hmm. You know, there is no tomorrow. Yep. You know, it's like I like to I I. I try to keep that mentality also in some of the things that I try to do now because, like, it was like, I'm this kid from the Bahamas, you know? There's no reason that somebody in Japan should know my name, but because of mixed martial arts, because of my dedication to the sport, because I wanted to be something in that, that happened. Mm -hmm. So it's like... Um, you just have to have that mentality of if I'm on a sh boat out in, if I'm in the Bahamas, I'm on a boat and my boat sinks and I'm out in the, in the middle, I'm 20 miles from land. Like if I don't get to land, it's not because I failed. I mean, it's not because I, I quit. It's because I failed. Right. You know? So like that, that mentality, that's, that's how I look at guys like that. Guys who just have no quitting them. I feel like Uriah's like favors like that. You yeah. Know? The Mike Brown fight. Yeah. Perfect example. He broke both his hands. Yeah. And was still throwing elbows, kicks, trying to take him down, doing anything he could. Two broken hands. Tony Ferguson. Tony Ferguson is an animal. An animal. Like that. He's the scariest guy at 155, in my, in my word. I, I agree. In my world. Because he don't so. get tired. Yeah. That cowboy fight freaked me out. He what, Cowboy looked like Tony had bricks in his gloves. Yeah. His face was all busted up. Tony didn't look like he had a scratch on him. And Tony wasn't even tired. Tony posted a meme, I feel like, a couple of days ago. He showed, like, his last seven opponents. Yeah, they're all fucked up. Yeah. Like, they, they all fell off a train. Yeah. Yeah, it's crazy, man. He has insane power, man. It, 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 it's, like, it's a weird thing because Tony does stuff to people. And does he doesn't get tired. He doesn't get he, – like, he, he's legit crazy. Yes. Like, he doesn't – like, I don't know if he feels pain, that kind of crazy. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like, he will do things in there that I remember when we fought. I'm Southpaw. He's orthodox, right? He throws that inside kick, and I'm turning my leg over to check it. And, um, like, it was never at my knee. He was throwing that at my shin. Like, if you're throwing that calf kick with that open stance, you're throwing it at the shin. Right. You know what I mean? So, like, I checked it. And um, I was like, I was about to check, and then we bank shin to shin, like the middle of the shin to the middle of his shin. Mm -hmm. And I remember thinking to myself, why the fuck would you do that? Now we're both hurting. Like, I seriously hated that feeling. But he did, like, there was no reaction on his face. There was nothing. He was just like, still on, just on to the next thing. And I feel like I'm glad I fought him then, because like, look at him now. He's like yeah. psychotic, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, look at that. Tony Ferguson's last seven opponents. 
Jesus Christ. Like they're all bloody messes. Even like his the what the things he posts, like you get an insight to how crazy his mind is. Like, <laughs> did you see his post, his press conference after um, after um, surgery uh, after Anthony Pettis? No. Yeah, he was talking. He was talking about how he was going to be a doctor. He said, we, I think he said <laughs> something like, he said, what did he say? He said, um, he said, um, oh, he said, you know what they call me? Because he's, he's like, yeah, he's a, he's a GQ guy. He was talking about Anthony. He's like, he's a GQ guy. But you know what they call me? They call me the GQ killer. You know what that is? It's an awesome nickname. <laughs> <laughs> I would like to see what his conditioning workout is. Because Eddie goes with him up to Big Bear, you know, and he, he trains with him. And he says, you never, never seen anything like it. He said, everybody else in the camp can't keep up with him. He works out. He goes, I've never seen anybody have this kind of dedication in gas tank. He said he works out a legitimate six hours a day. And he says he's running hills. They do these hill sprints. And he said he laps everybody. He goes all the way to the top before they do, goes down, and then beats them on the way up. He said he just doesn't get tired. Yeah. I don't understand. What is someone doing when their their cardio is so much better than everybody else's? Because the cowboy fight, I'm telling you, man, I watched him from the moment they they stopped the fight. The, after the second round, I'm watching him, and he goes back to his corner. Cowboy's face is a mess. He's just beating the shit out of Cowboy. He goes back to his corner. His stomach isn't even heaving. Yeah. He's not breathing heavy. I'm not going to lie to you. As I don't want to see this fight because I like both those guys, but as a fight fan, I want to see this fight, and that's him and Dustin. Oh, him and Dustin would be insane. Because like th those are two guys who don't know how to quit. Well, if Dustin beats Khabib, that's the fight. Yeah. And if Dustin doesn't beat Khabib, Tony and Khabib's the fight. Yeah. They'll fight eventually, I'm sure. Yeah. I mean, phew. that that is a crazy ass fight. But the thing is, like Tony's pace is so disturbing. It's so disturbing because I watch him fight guys and I'm like, how do you keep up with that? Like nobody keeps up with it. Like you got to crack him. You got to catch him. Like Anthony caught him, but he broke his hand. But Pettis had him hurt and he and Lando had him hurt. Lando Venata cracked him. I remember had that. Him hurt. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but like- He knows how to survive though. Yeah, exactly. And also it's weird because he doesn't survive- like most people do, he doesn't tie you up and right. try to get it, try to recollect himself. Like he just still fights. Yeah, and he like he instead like scrambles. You hurt him, he puts it on you. Yeah. he's like, okay, I need a break. Meaning, I'm coming after you now. <laughs> like, you're gonna have to stop me from killing you, so that <laughs> I can breathe. Take a break. That's yeah, good. I'm just I'm always stunned at his his pace and his cardio. It's it's amazing. I really like. I just want to know. Is this scientifically planned? Like, are they monitoring his heart rate, or is this just psychotic? Like, I, is it scientific or is it psychotic? I think it's the latter. I think it might be. Uh, I like. I do like. Tony Ferguson. If if this was a scary movie, <laughs> Tony Ferguson would be that guy. He's El Kukui. Yeah, he's the boogeyman. They, they need. They need. They need to make a movie out. Like somebody needs to do some kind of. Like I don't know, mashup of his fights yeah. that make him seem like like the Jason, like the guy right. that just never goes away. And as soon as you turn around, he's ready to kill you. Well, you just think about Luke Thomas posted some tweet where the last time Tony Ferguson won, like who was champion and what was going on in the world. It's like 2013 is the last time he lost, and he lost to Michael Johnson, who yeah. also beat Dustin. Yeah, yeah, that was Dustin's last loss as well. That much more recent though. Yeah, much more recent. That was that was here in LA. Was it the forum? Was it? Yeah. Um, but that fight also, 
where Dustin's concerned now, like you, we propped up Tony, so I got to give Dustin some props because, mm-hmm. like, that's the thing about about mixed martial arts. First of all, there's not a lot of guys who who have some successes, successes, then they get stopped. Then successes, successes, then they get stopped. And successes, successes, then they get stopped. And then since that, like, but every time he got stopped or every time he lost, he he made adjustments, made improvements, and got better. Sure. And that was. That was the last one, and then he had the the, the debacle with Eddie, where the disqualification, mm-hmm. and um, the the knock on him going into that was, you know, when he hurts somebody, he doesn't necessarily know how to finish. He gets too aggressive, you know, he goes he goes crazy. Um, that fight, then he gets he gets Gaethje, where it's like if you hurt him and you go crazy, you're putting yourself at risk. So that was the perfect fight to demonstrate that he learned the lesson, mm. and he did. Yeah, you know, so like. I don't know where I don't know really what the knock on him is now. I remember this is something that um I I didn't want to say this to him because he doesn't watch a lot of um his opponents and their, their their press stuff. But I remember a long time ago, DC had had Khabib on the Fox desk and he was talking to him. He's asking about opponents. He was like, "What do you think of this guy? What do you think of this guy?" And he said, "Just give me one word answers." And he said, "Dustin Poirier." And he goes, "Easy fight." Whoa. And um, I like I'm like, yeah, I don't like I want to see this fight now. You know, I wonder if he thinks that after the Holloway fight though. That was an eye opener for a lot of folks. Yeah, but Holloway fought Dustin the way Holloway would, the, the way Dustin would look the best. He stood in front of him. Holloway doesn't have the same knockout power that Dustin has. Dustin has like real legit one punch power. Yeah. Max beats you up. Yeah. He just beats, puts a pace on you, beats your ass, and takes you takes you out. But also, I don't think Max has the same kind of power at one fifty five. He just at one forty five, he's just so much bigger than everybody. At one fifty five, he's their size, and Dustin's a big fifty five er. Yeah, I. Dustin is a big fifty five. I I don't I can't say I agree about the power only because Dust yeah Dustin's been knocked out but he does have a chin you know he mm-hmm. he can take a shot no but I'm I'm not dis- saying he does I know I know you're not you're not Max dis- has never knocked anybody out with one shot he beats guys yeah. up and yeah. then takes them apart yeah no you're right you're right Dustin's capable of flatlining you yeah he 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 can flatline people with one shot yeah. You don't yeah. really see that that much with Max. Max, it's, it's a, he just he's sharp, he's super sharp, a super yeah. high fight IQ, and just makes you fight wars with him. But he was fighting a war with a guy who had higher caliber weapons. That's what it seemed like in that fight. And Dustin just fought real smart, great boxing, and capitalized on these openings and really stung Matt and Max in a way that we haven't seen before. And good footwork too. If you Very. if you remember, Max was Max was. Using his footwork early in that fight, but everywhere he went, Dustin was there too. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. and it's there are sometimes it's not not maybe not even a conscious decision where it's like, well, it doesn't matter. Like wherever I go, he's going to be there anyway. So then this is what we're doing, right? You know, I, yeah. I'm not just going to keep running around now. Mm-hmm. You know, so yeah. he he might he might have made Max decide to stay in front of him like he did towards this mm. was the second and third fourth. The difference is with Khabib, obviously, is the grappling. Yeah. That's K- Khabib's bread and butter. He's so fucking terrifyingly good. When he clinches you, it's like you see these guys. They have this look on their face like, what is this? This is a new experience. This is a different kind of grappling. And he immobilizes people. Yeah. Like he gets you in positions that like you uh, literally, you can't go left, you can't go right. Mm-hmm. You know, he's got that wrist wrap 
mm -hmm. the backside and a half guard on the front side. So you can't turn turn to your right, but you also can't turn to your left. It's like, and he he straps you down, man. He like the that's shit on you. like how do you like that's what I hope Dustin works on right now like just sealing off not allowing Khabib to get those underhooks on the ground not allowing Khabib to get around his body and just just get back to his feet if he gets taken down and I I mean you we saw some of the we know that Khabib's not the greatest striker you know um we saw um Ali Quinta do some do some damage mm -hmm. on the feet in I think the third or fourth round of that fight, he definitely showed where Khabib. If he has any vulnerability, it's going to be in the striking. Right. But he didn't really hurt him. Never hurt him once. I mean, the only yeah. person to ding him is Michael. Michael Johnson dinged him once. Yeah, but he recovered from that quickly and beat the shit out of Michael, I especially on the ground. I also think Dustin is more of a predator. When, like he's he's like I think I like Quint is is good on his feet. He's he's boxing solid. He hits hard. But I think just Dustin's boxing IQ, like if he hurts you, especially now, I think if he hurts you, he's smarter about being able to finish. And with the power that he carries, he, he he's more selective with his weapons. Mm, interesting. Know? So like that that's definitely a big option. If he if he can show that he can hurt Khabib standing, then he ha he has a very good shot of stopping him there. But what does that mean to stop Khabib? Like, you know what I mean? Like not Is it possible? <laughs> I think, but you know what? I think you have to, because, like, how do you beat that wrestling over 25 minutes? Right. How do you keep him from taking you down over and over and over again? Just getting back up is not good enough. Yeah. Because he's going to keep taking you down. That's a real good point, because he's been able to do that to every single person he's fought inside the octagon. I mean, even when Connor stopped a little bit of it early on, I mean, it's just, it was a matter of time. Yeah. And that's 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 that whole Gregor thing, man. I want yep. like I hope Gregor's watching this and he's like, man, I should do that. I should do that because Eve's Eve's calling me out. Is Eve in? Um, I mean, um, is Dustin rather in Florida? Yeah, he just he just so I was in Texas last week. I went up to I drove down to um, to New Orleans, New Orleans to Lafayette, Youngsville, to um, to talk to him to to record that podcast. We trained some. Um, he ma he made me. He's I I'm, I'm like I'm like two hours, I'm like an hour away. And he's like, all right, you're running practice. I'm like, <laughs> I'm fat. I don't know what to do. <laughs> I haven't trained in like weeks. But um, he came in. We did that, and then um, and then he was he was leaving for for Florida that Friday. So mm. he's been there for about a week now, almost a week now. And the fight is what's the date of the fight? The fight is September seventh, Abu mm. Dhabi. Dun dun dun. You're not going to that. Nope. So. If if you do if you do a uh, fight companion, mm -hmm. I'd love to come in for that. Because if we do a fight companion, I'll have you in. Because mm. Dust Maybe because Dustin's my boy, man. I want to find out if I'm even I'm even in town. I might be on the road. You're going to be in AC very soon, huh? I was just there. Oh, okay, that's what I was it just is. there this past weekend. Okay. Oh yeah, no, I'm home. If I if if I'm still home, I'm as of right now I'm home. But if I'm still home, we have a fight companion. You're in, fella. All right. That'll be fun. I, I'm down to be there, especially if <laughs> I don't go to Abu Dhabi. I, I, I would love to be there for that, but that's Abu Dhabi. It'd be interesting too. You know him so well, you know, to see, get your insight on that. He's the only. He's the only guy repping Thug Jitsu right now. <laughs> right, <I love laughs> that's right. I, I love. I love. Where, like he's like. I'm telling Bruce to make mark me down as a Thug Jitsu fighter. That's like yeah. he came up under Tim Crater, who's 
That's right. You know? Yeah. Crazy Tim. Crazy Tim, man. I remember Tim from the John Jock Machado days, like way back in the day. I saw first saw Crazy Tim. I never got to train with him, but he came down in like 98? Yep. Somewhere around there? Yep. 98-ish? He started, when Tim started training with me, I was coaching him. We went to some fights in Boston. I'm sitting next to the commission, and Tim's fighting this guy, and he want, he's working on a stand-up with me, and they're trading, and the guy takes him down. And um, when the guy takes Tim down, I look at the commissioner and I grab like all this stuff and I'm like, well, that's the end of that. And I start putting everything in the bucket <laughs> and, um, and then the commissioner, like, I don't know, before I even got my head up, like Tim tapped him and the, the commissioner was like, you call that one, didn't you? <laughs> <laughs> there's some shit that you just know. Yeah. Right. Especially at a certain level of fights. There's some shit that you just know. Yeah. That's one of the more interesting things about high level fights and high level fighters is you don't know anymore. No, it's so like, because now everybody, everybody knows the same thing. Unless you have that checkmate card like Francis, like no disrespect to Junior, but I did not think that that fight was going to get out of the first round. I had a feeling it was going to go that way. Yeah. And that's what I said to all my friends. I said, if I had to bet my money, anything can happen. It's a crazy sport. But if I had to bet my money, I'd bet the house on the big fella. Yeah. Because he just does shit to people. Yeah, no, like, like I said, with that guy, man, those those only takes one guys. They're they're scary. Mm-hmm. Like, um, and Junior's style wasn't necessarily the style to to avoid encounter right, that. Right, you know what I mean? Yeah, like that that for me, like the Jeremy Stevens fight was like that. Jeremy Stevens is those one. He's that 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 one punch kind of thing, mm-hmm. and you just have to you have to make sure that they miss and just pick your shots. And yeah. for me, it was fortunate that like. I had him. I caught him running into something too. Right. I'm not. I do have one punch power, but I don't pack power like Dustin does. You know. Mm-hmm. Um. I'm. I would say my power is more. If we're talking about the best precision. guys today, yeah, more about precision, more closer to like Max's in the sense of like mm-hmm. I, I, I would pick you apart, but like all the knockouts they came from like volume or catching you slipping, mm-hmm. you know, catching you coming in or something like that. Yeah. And um, but like so, I don't know who's at heavyweight who who fights like that. Nobody. You'd have to get a Rico Verhoeven. You'd have to get someone who's like a world-class striker. Who Rico's had some MMA fights, and he's you know he's still the glory heavyweight champion, and he's also a big giant dude. But then again, man, he's been fighting with those big gloves, yeah. and you know he's been stopped before. Could he handle it? I mean, if he stands in front of Francis, could he handle it? Yeah, I don't. Know I don't think any can. human handles it. Yeah, you got to get a guy like Stipe that just knows how to get the fuck out of there. I think I think Francis could knock out an elephant. <laughs> <laughs> he probably could. I'm serious. At least a baby elephant. Right? Yeah, a little elephant. That's yeah. fucked up, though. Hit the baby <laughs> elephant. <laughs> Even thinking about that is fucked up. Yeah, I I don't think there's anybody he can't knock out. Which is really interesting. If he decided to go to boxing, he's one of those guys where you go. If he really decided to go to boxing, who hits harder, him or Brona? Deontay hits De- Deontay fucking hard. Right? Deontay hits so goddamn hard. It's hard yeah. to tell because he's Deontay has fought the cream of the crop in boxing and he's knocked out 39 dudes. He's 40 and what is he like? 40 and 1? 40 and 0. 39 knockouts. Well, how's he 40 and 0? No, he's the, got one the, loss. The, 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 the Tyson, Tyson Fury, Fury fight, fight was a draw. Oh, 40 so 0 40 and 1. 0 and yeah. 1. yeah. 
and 39 knockouts. Stavern was the only one the first fight where it went the distance, and then he nuked them in the second fight. fight. Yeah. The first time they fought, it went to a. De- I believe that's the case. Is that who did who was he? Who did he have a decision with? Does it say there? And his, you can look in his Wikipedia. That's um. He hits harder than anybody I've ever seen in the heavyweight division that, at, in this modern era outside of Tyson. I feel like I should call him CTE. <laughs> like for real remember they did that study on the nfl yeah. bodies and they did like 111 bodies and yeah. 110 of them had, had CTE. cte yeah 39 yeah. out of 40 yeah he's giving um, people some real problems just the one. his f- remains stavern yes. first fight against him stavern was the only one that went to distance everybody else gets nuked boom yeah. and he hits guys they just go flying you know, like the fact that Tyson Fury got up after that twelfth round, like Jesus Christ! Uh, yeah, that that was that was crazy. N- yeah, that was like Gypsy King stuff. Crazy, like it was like, ridiculous. Yeah, voodoo. Like he had like an extra chicken bone in his fucking shorts. Because you see, like <laughs> if you, like I don't know. For me, I watch. I, I noticed those things. Like when we were watching that thing with Sage and and and, and Cosmo, right? Mm-hmm. Um, when Sage went down, um, and then after Cosmo hit him, like his body. Like didn't give up. Like his, they right. could shut off on him, but like he was trying to get up. Yeah, like he was getting up to fight back, right? Because yeah. um, if you're if you're not getting up to fight back, you're covering up, right? right. But right. he's trying to get up. Um, same thing where where Tyson Fury goes down, the referee's in his face and he's counting him out, and you see his head. You see his head go. Right. And he just gets up. Just gets like up. Like he would like. Like it was over. I thought yeah, it was over. I did too. I was watching it at home. I was celebrating. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, I won. I make some money. I was watching at home, and my thought was, God damn, he knocked him out in the twelfth round. How the fuck does that guy carry that power like that in the twelfth round? And then Tyson's back up, and then he wins the rest of the round. That was, was even crazy. Deontay bombs on him. He, he he hits him with some hard shots, and then Tyson comes back and dings him. Yeah, and you see he catches him. Yeah, he did. He wobbled him for a second. Yeah, and I'm like this is unbelievable. What a fight. That 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 was probably the best heavyweight boxing fight I've seen. I can't look remember at this. One he better. said Tyson Fury says, "Put it this way: He hits four times harder than Vitaly Klitschko. He hits five times harder than Vladimir Klitschko. He hits six times harder than Anthony Joshua, and he hits eight times harder than Tyson Fury." Well, who said that? Richard Towers. Oh, oh, okay. He's a sparring partner for him. Oh, I thought that was Tyson Fury's quote. That yeah. Hmm. Well, that's probably accurate. <laughs> <laughs> it says is Deontay Wilder a stronger puncher than a prime George Foreman the thing about Deontay is <coughs> he knocks everyone out everyone. He's, he's not winning any decisions except one I mean there's nobody like that you even go back to Tyson Tyson when he fought I mean he fought a lot of dudes that went the decision yeah. and he, he beat their asses but they went the decision I honestly I wouldn't mind um, Tyson getting into his camp and just even just kind of mentoring him a bit like Mike Tyson um I feel like somebody like that would really help a guy like Deontay I mean it's not like he needs a lot of help right but like somebody like Mike Tyson being being a being around just having him to like call on hmm. and talk to sometimes Tyson doesn't really want to have anything to do with boxing anymore though it seems and and maybe maybe not even in the gym maybe just somebody to talk to once in a while just and, for and maybe some strategy maybe yeah. even about strategy sometimes you know mm. cause I feel I don't know that I forget exactly what it was but there was a moment when I was watching Deontay Wilder and then there was something I think when Mike was in here something he was talking about that um, I was just like man those two should get connected Mm, that's so, interesting. 
I was I was a long time ago. I, when I was living in Texas. Well, I got a phone call at like like two a.m. and my one was one of my buddies, my buddy Lynn Oding, and I was like, um, I don't want I don't want to answer that, man. I'm trying. I'm sleeping. I'm in bed with my wife. I'm sleeping. And he calls, and then the next morning I listen to my voicemail, and he's like, Eve, Eve, if you get this, call me back. I'm in, like he was in a club, and he's like, somebody wants to talk to you, and he has the phone. He's like, Eve Edwards, Eve Edwards. <laughs> 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 I, was, I was so pissed God I was like Man I missed the phone call From Mike Tyson Like he ran into him In a club or something I was like Mike Tyson knows my name Dude I met him at the At the UFC And he's like You're that weed guy <laughs> <laughs> No he's that weed guy Well he, I mean He was into weed back then But it was like That's what he said He goes I like you man You're funny I'm like thank you I'm so glad you like me <laughs> <laughs> and then having him in here was so surreal because when I was a kid, he was the fucking man. Yeah, I mean, he was the. You would go to pay, you'd pay to see his fights just to watch him fuck somebody up. It wasn't a fight; it was an execution. You would yeah. watch him execute guys. Yeah. He was the man. He was the man. He changed heavyweight boxing. People don't realize that heavyweight boxing in the early '80s was dead. Nobody cared because Larry Holmes, after he beat Muhammad Ali, everybody was sad. It was like a sad thing. Like there was yeah. a changing of the guard. Larry Holmes beat the shit out of Muhammad Ali. And Larry Holmes never got his due. He never got his due. He was so good, man. Yeah. Larry was so good. He yeah, had one he of the was. best jabs of all time. He was so good. But people were still upset at him because he fucked up Muhammad Ali. He came, he, he was the champ after the greatest. You know, and not, Muhammad Ali wasn't just the greatest in terms of like the greatest fighter he was a it's cultural a yeah. icon. Yeah. He meant something to people. To it was a lot something. Of people. I mean, everyone knew the guy was out for three years because he protested the Vietnam War. Everybody fucking hated the Vietnam War. Yeah. Especially people who went to Vietnam hated the Vietnam War. And they, you know, they they got it, man. And he just he meant a lot. He meant a lot. So when Larry Holmes came around, it's like, man, Larry just never got his due. Never got his due. That um that era of boxing, I remember going back watching tape mm -hmm. and uh, and doing that. And that's one thing I appreciate about Tyson. You know, yeah, like he he was a student. Yeah, um, thank God he knew Jim Jacobs, who had that crazy library that he could get all that. You know, yeah. Jim Jacobs was the guy who curated. Like he has every old time fight, all of them. He would watch Sugar Ray Robinson and Jack Dempsey. And, and he's watching like Willie Pep. And he's yes. not only watching like the heavyweights. Yeah, he watched you know? every. Oh, yeah. yeah. Harry Grab. He watched all those guys, all those old school, all in weird, obscure fighters, you know, yeah. guys that most people don't remember anymore. Yeah, that 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 era of boxing was very different. Sandy Sadler and, you know, all those guys. He would watch all those guys. Yeah, that era of boxing before him was terrible. It's like you had champs like Pinklin Thomas and Tony Tubbs, and no one cared about the heavyweight division. And then he came along and just started blasting people. And you're like, finally. I remember I was I was like seven or eight years old. I met Trevor Burbick. He was down in the Bahamas for a mm. fight. And that's that's who Tyson took his belt from. Yep. Right? Got his first belt from. 20 years old. Yeah. That, Crazy. Like 20. 20. Now you're the heavyweight champion. Of and the world. then, well, that was the thing, talking to him about it. Like, what was that like? And it's just, there's no way he can manage yeah. it. No one can manage that. You're going to go crazy. I feel like his career and his life would have been very different if Cust didn't die when he did. I think so, too. Yeah. I think so, too. It's a, it's a tragic story, but it's also like there's so many lessons in that story. It's like for all of us, 
it's like there's a lot to learn, you know, the, what happened when it got all the way to Buster Douglas when it was like he thought felt like he can't lose and he was in this rare state. You yeah. Know? Yeah. The, like his life, like he's he's had so many ups and downs and, and, yeah. and as as the heavyweight champ and like to be somebody that's the heavyweight champion of the world, somebody with so many eyes on them, you know, the Robin Givens, oh, that, yeah. that whole song yeah. in his life, you know. Um, I remember, they were, I forget who was, was it Oprah when they were being interviewed and um, they, were on, they were on the show mm -hmm. and he just, he just kind of looked like, I feel like Mike Tyson and that interview was like those tigers that people walk with that they drug. Yes. You know what I mean? Yeah, perfect. Like, perfect way to describe it. Man. They probably medicated him. Yeah. Cuz he did, he did not look he he just didn't seem like the Mike Tyson who I was a fan of. Right. Not, like I didn't dislike him in that moment. I was just like, what's wrong with him? Meanwhile, well, who the fuck I mean it had to be her idea. If I was his friend, I'm like, why were you going why are you going to talk to Barbara Streisand? Yeah, or, that's or who Barbara was. Walters, Barbara whoever Walters. it was. Get the fuck out of here. Same thing. Barbara Streisand, Barbara Walters <laughs> to me. Same. You're talking to some old lady. You're the fucking heavyweight champ of the world. Get out of here with that talk. Yeah. No, 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 no. No, no, no. This is nonsense. And you're going to bring your wife? What, what, what? what are you doing? What, what benefit is there? Yeah, it was def it was, well, I can't say definitely, but my my assumption is it was Robin Gibbons. She emasculated him. Yeah. yeah, she emasculated him in front of the world. And, you know, and I think afterwards he realized what happened. He was furious. Yeah. But it's like that life is unmanageable. His The life that he lived back then was unmanageable. He was the fucking king of the world. He was in his 20s. He was buck wild, just going crazy, flatlining people everywhere he went. People would throw rose petals at his feet and screaming, cheering fans. It's unmanageable. He's like, too young. Imagine being a poor, adopted black kid. With no love in your life no until love you're in 13. Your life. Until, yeah, until you're 13. And then you come into all of this money because... You're the best fighter in the world. Like, there's, what could he possibly be afraid of then, too? Nothing. Right? Yeah, pet tigers, bro. <laughs> <laughs> He'd wrestle with them. I mean, that was the crazy thing of him talking about when he found out that he could get a tiger. Yeah. Like, what? I could get a tiger? <laughs> but he's so humble now. It's so interesting. And one of the th more interesting things that he said that is he doesn't train because he doesn't want to, he doesn't want to fire his ego up. You know, he's like, I don't like that part of me. I don't want that part of me to come out again. I don't, I don't want it. Wasn't there video of him? Like, I, I understand he doesn't train anymore, but wasn't there video of him? I think last year, just before he came in here and spoke to you, where he was hitting the heavy bag. I think it was a little bit longer ago than that, but yeah, he was doing it for something. He still can crack, man. Yeah, like, still scary. Power is the last thing. Well, you ever see that scene? He's doing a movie, and there's a scene in a bar. They're 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 doing something, and he just shows them a combination. He just punches in the air, no warm up, lightning fast jab, hook, uppercut, right hand. It's like yikes! <laughs> it's all still there, man. And Fifty years old. Still fuck you up. And that was, that was like, he was the heavyweight champion of my childhood, you know? Yes, like, mine too. Muhammad yeah. Ali came yep. before, I, you know? But but again, Larry Holmes just doesn't get the credit. It's yeah. like, for whatever reason, it's just like, in the first round when, when Tyson fought Larry Holmes, it made me think, like, damn, what would have been like if Larry was in his fucking prime? Because when they fought, Larry was like 36 or yeah. something like that, somewhere around there. It was already kind of over for him. Yep. And Mike was Mike. I mean, Mike was black shoes, no socks. There it is, right here. Think, why is it, see? It fucking, and then the weave. Yeah. 
I mean, he just can't help. I mean, that was like built into his system, you know? Fuck. A head movement was deadly. He was such an interesting guy, too, because he was only like five. He's probably like 5'10", five, 5'11", five, five, okay. I think. He's like 5'10 and a half, something like that. But to be a heavyweight and just so low and bobbing and weaving and moving in, and everybody was like, Jesus! Yeah. Like, you see him coming at you. Like, like his oh. head's right in your yeah. chest. And then he's ripping your body and then uppercut, that right hook to the body and then uppercut behind it that he used on everybody. He used it on Frank Bruno. He used it on everybody. Boom! Whap, right up the middle. Who hits harder, him or Francis? Francis. Really? Francis hits harder. Yeah, he hits harder. I think so. I think I think Mike Tyson it was a way better boxer. Yeah. But I think if Mike Tyson can hit like Francis does, just Francis just has to clip you. He just like look what he did to Junior. He just grazed him. Obviously they're different gloves. Obviously. I just think Francis is such a way bigger man. Yeah. You know, Mike at his prime was like 209, 215 yeah, yeah. around then. I remember on, on, on Punch Out, like, mm-hmm. I, I never beat him. <laughs> never beat him. I'm still pissed about that. Well, you know, Deontay, uh, when he fought Tyson Fury, he told me he only weighed 209. That's what he weighed. He's How tall is he? He's he looks like he's six, yeah. He's like 6'6", six, six, yeah. at least. Yeah. That's and crazy. It's, it's crazy. But I, I still, I mean... I wouldn't want. To, I want to see Deontay Wilder punch that that thing that the UFC has. Although I have one of those out here. Those uh, what is it called the, again? The the the, the puncho meter. The puncho meter. <laughs> That's how I found that thing. I was looking for someone talking about his punching power somewhere. If there's any gauge of it. Well, the thing is, I would never let him punch it if I was his trainer. I'm like, what if you break your hand? You know, like what if you fuck yourself up trying to just hit something as hard as you can? I mean, he's the goose that lays the billion dollar egg. Yeah. Deontay, if he keeps going, right? Like where he's at right now, he has become the motherfucking man, you know, especially with that last fight with uh, Dominic Brazil. Yeah. He sent him into orbit after the Tyson Fury fight. You realize, like, okay, this guy's the fucking man, right? You want to see him fight Andy Ruiz. You want to see him fight Tyson Fury again. You want to see him fight Joshua, Joshua. if Joshua comes back. He's worth so much money now. Yeah. I'd be like, don't be punching things. <laughs> they What's did do, uh, So I guess on that, it's the Fox thing where they test punching. I think it's Fox. Mm-hmm. They tested punching power, and they actually do have uh, Wilder on this, and I guess Andy Ruiz recently just broke it. Really? Yeah. Here's, here's oh, right but here. see that those I know, things. It's like a game, those so are silly. A, I don't know yeah. how accurate. Let me is, see what Andy Ruiz can fucking he punch. He just son. ate a Snickers too, or something. Did he? <laughs> <laughs> He's got a mouthful of food. And what's he got? He gets Damn. up to nine something plus, and I think Wilder's was at nine twenty seven, nine twenty eight. Uh, okay, but I'm telling yeah, no, you, that don't mean shit. I know. It's it's yeah. a matter of how you punch it, and it just slams yeah, up Snickers. in the meatless <laughs> Snickers. Is he trying to get a a, a, a development deal, a sponsorship with with Snickers? That's hilarious. I love Andy Ruiz. He's coming here. He, we got him. We got him for the end of the month. Nice. I'm fuck. I'm very excited. Man, that fight was crazy. Yeah, Anthony Joshua. Like, um, see that punching power record? That shit yeah. ain't real. You got to hit that thing like I have out there, where you really can tell. Even that, you got to hit perfectly too. Kind of, you got to have gotta a hit. sweet spot. Oh, you yeah. have a different thing. I have the one that Francis hit. Oh, okay. The one that the UFC Performance Institute has, where Francis broke the record for the hardest punch. Yeah. Yeah. How many lightweights have you had hit that? None. The only person to hit it behind, besides Francis is uh, Joe Schilling. And you. Yeah. Brian Callen fucking around. <laughs> Brian That's Callen. Callen. How dare he? Brian's got a lot of knockout power, huh? <laughs> <laughs>
Yeah. All right. It's three o'clock. Let's wrap this up. Um, so one more time. Uh, PFL is next the eleventh Thursday the eleventh Thursday the eleventh. ESPN and ESPN Plus. So ESPN Plus. If you don't have it, get it. It's an awesome app. If you like fights, it's got fucking everything. All sorts of old school Canelo Triple G fights. All sorts of UFC fights. It's a great app. Yeah. It's a great app. And then it's on ESPN two for the main card. And then e- plus and, and e- check Edwards. out Subfam. And Thug, Jis- Thug-, Thug Jitsu <laughs> MMA. What is your, your Twitter handle? Thug Jitsu Master. Thug Jitsu Master. That's, That's right. Me. And what is your, is that the same for Instagram too? Instagram, Twitter. Yeah. Everything. That's me. Everything. Beautiful. And your new podcast. Out today. Sub fam. Out Sub today. Fam. Out today. Right there. All on, right. You're on YouTube right now. Thank you, brother. Thank Appreciate you, Appreciate you, man. Eve Edwards, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs>